0: What we've got here is failure to communicate.
1: Hello, and thanks for listening. I'm Bob, and I'm Brooks. And we're found to communicate, the weekly podcast where we talk about everything going on with movies, TV, video games, and mixed martial arts. What's up? Episode 2. Yeah, man. Slash episode 260, if, you, if you're counting. <laughs> I am. Oh, good, good, because I was keeping track the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah we're back. Uh, first episode of the reboot, the rebranding, was last week. The epic three-hour podcast. (laughs) Thought it went pretty well. I was actually pretty... uh, Got some decent feedback that, uh, you know, I was expecting the same old, same old radio silence. But, uh, yeah, got some pretty good good notices. So thanks to anyone who checked it out. Hopefully you stick with us and we can grow together. (laughs) What's up, man? Not a whole lot, man. Uh, Just another... In the life. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about here. We're hitting all four quadrants again. We're going to lead off with TV this time, talk about Black Mirror Season 4, which was dropped at the end of 2017, but uh, we had not had a chance to talk about it yet. Then we're going to switch gears to movies, review three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, maybe talk about the Oscar nominations, which we skipped last week because we had so much going on. Uh, Then we're going to go ahead and move on to Mixed Martial Arts. We're going to review the UFC on Fox 27 card and preview this weekend's Fight Night in Brazil before shifting gears once more and ending on video games since we probably have the least amount there. We can touch on the two new games that came out this past week that uh, we haven't played, but um, (laughs) we'll play uh, play a game of 20 questions with the old video games there. Yeah, man. But yeah, let's kick it off. Televisiones. Black Mirror Season 4. Me and Joel reviewed Seasons 1 through 3 last year when Season 3 dropped, or two years ago. And uh, you are just recently got into the show, correct?
2: Yeah, I knew nothing about the show. Um, it's kind of like one of those... I feel like it's so hard to like discover stuff for me on Netflix, because to see, like, the, the title pictures and never know what it's about or what to watch, but Joel actually introduced me to Black Mirror about a month ago, and we watched the first episode, and I was at first, like, put off a little bit, but then super intrigued as the episode went on, but, uh, so I finally watched, uh, the majority of the season, uh, this past week, and, uh, it's a great show, it absolutely is.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, that first episode is, the uh, is always a, a rough starting point for people, I feel like. <laughs> That's the episode with the Prime Minister, correct?
2: Uh, no, We watched the first episode of Season 4.
1: Oh, okay. You had not seen the the older seasons yet? <laughs>
2: no, nah, he told me about that, though, and it sounds pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, you should definitely check out the first three seasons whenever you get a chance. Cause, yeah. uh, I really enjoyed Season 4, to get into that. But I would say, overall, it was a little bit... I was a little bit disappointed. I, I mean, obviously, it came in with... Very high expectations. I thought season three was my favorite season this past one. Um, I don't know. I thought pretty much all the episodes were at least watchable here. We'll get into each one specifically, but I just thought it was kind of... There wasn't any one episode that was like complete home run in my top five of the whole series from here. But they were all pretty good. Middle of the pack to different variations.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The show gives me kind of like a Are You Afraid of the Dark vibe.
1: <laughs> to go real 90s, real old school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Or like Tales from the Crypt or for our elder statesmen out there, The Twilight Zone.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Which I have i don't know if I've ever actually seen a full episode of The Twilight Zone. No,
2: I don't think i Maybe back in the day, like on cable, just yeah. looking through. But.
1: I know of some of the episodes just because they're so... Popular, famous, uh, infamous, whatever, what have you? Yeah. Uh, the one with the gremlin on the wing of the plane. Yeah. yeah. I guess because the Simpsons did a, a parody of that. But. Yeah. All right, yeah. Let's get into the episode by episode here. First episode, the one I guess was the first Black Mirror episode you ever saw, USS Callister with uh, Landry from Friday Night Lights, um, Jesse Plemons, been in a lot of things, Breaking Bad. You know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know.
2: (laughs) I do, but I don't because I've never seen Breaking Bad.
1: Well, have you seen Friday Night Lights? Nope. Have you seen your keys in a while? (laughs) Actually, I haven't. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's a really good actor. He plays this main character who starts off... Oh, by the way, spoilers abound here, Uh, so, you know... If you're be, be wary, yeah, be wary. We're gonna full spoilers these episodes. Check the timestamp if I remember to put it in uh, <laughs> <laughs> to fast forward if you don't want to hear it. But um, he plays a guy who starts off kind of sympathetic. It's this kind of quiet guy at this tech, tech office. Like uh, he seems like he's really smart. He's one of the co-owners. He created this like virtual reality type video game world. And seems like everyone's kind of not too nice to him. They don't really talk to him. He doesn't really talk to them. At first, you're kind of like, okay, I see what they're doing. He's just this guy who, you know, he's the nerd who... Kind of like a pity party. Yeah, yeah. but then <laughs> as it goes on, you find out that uh, maybe everyone has <coughs> a reason quite. to like, steer clear because he, he like steals people's dna puts it into his own ver- like home console or you know his own save file True basically of right yeah. <laughs> of uh, of this game where he is- it's basically a star trek parody he's he's the captain and all these people who he works with he steals their dna and they're his crew and he does whatever he wants with them like they have no genitals they are forced to like you know root him on and do whatever he wants yeah, and, then, and it's really,
2: like, the episode starts on the spaceship, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, right.
2: So, I, like, just coming into the season, or coming into the show, like, fresh, I was like, this looks super fucking corny, and <laughs> yeah. I don't see myself getting into this, but as the episode moves on, you see, like,
1: the reason about it. Yeah, it was clearly intentional, like, I feel like it's kind of poking fun, not in, like, a, I think, obviously, this show, or whoever directed this episode you know, was a fan of Star Trek, but kinda of poking fun at just the tropes and the style of it. And yeah. uh, you know, kind of like in a parody type of way. But then as it goes on it gets more and more serious and like that veneer gets washed away. And uh I don't know, I feel like it's it's pretty cool how it touches on the old school Star Trek and then later on you kinda of get more of the J. J. Abrams action oriented Star Trek.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fucking intense. It's uh as it goes on. I mean like legit see like the fear of uh I I forget the main guy's name, but
1: Yeah, I should pull that up. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um He's like a William Shatter playoff, but
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain Shit. Robert Daly. Is, is that what it is?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Um Yeah. But then, uh, sorry, uh, the guy, he, there's a new employee at the office, this young, attractive woman who shows interest in him right away. Cause you know, he created something she's a fan of, He's obviously talented and she's kind of curious about him. And then the other employees kind of warn her away from him and she kind of starts picking up on vibes. And then he eventually steals her DNA and you find out that. You know it's like she's really there it's more like a clone of herself in this virtual reality world and the the show the episode kind of turns into her trying to escape right and trying to get them all free of his grasp yeah. in every whim and she
2: like pulls she like calls herself or something right I forget how she actually like starts getting a hold of herself in the real world
1: oh yeah i I watched it the weekend it came out in a binge so it's been a little while but yeah I think she like they do some elaborate thing with like the the firewall being down for temporarily and she yeah somehow she calls herself yeah she like steals his PDA or something like that yeah right yeah but um what else would you like about it well I would just like I said
2: it was like I was super put off by the start of the episode and the way that it like evolves and involves the characters and um, you know, it really grabs you pretty quickly, especially for like, usually from that off put by something, I don't even pay attention to it, like real half-assed and take away nothing from it. But I remember after watching, through watching the episode and after watching the episode, it was just, like definitely something I'm going to watch. But of course my procrastinating ass, I never got to it until uh, we brought it up as a subject here. But I thought it was like a great way to uh, start the season. Like you said, you were uh like an avid follower of the series yeah so i don't know how you felt about it but i thought it was like a great way to grab and start the season
1: yeah i uh spoiler alert i think it's my favorite episode of the season i think yeah kicks it off in great great way it looks great visually outside of the like intentionally cheesy look corny the beginning yeah. yeah like once they finally are in that world uh, i think it i mean clearly they put some money into this thing uh, looks like movie quality, almost, in my opinion. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I loved the whole cast. All the acting was great. I loved the themes, the ideas. I just I thought it was a home run. Not quite in my top five all time for the, the show, like I said. Um, I can't remember the exact order. I, we ranked them. Me and Joel did last year. I think my top five is... In No Particular Order, San Junipero, although that is a particular that's number one. <laughs> uh, White Christmas, The Entire History of You, uh, I can't remember uh, the other ones, but... Yeah, this is probably like 6th or 7th all time for the show, for me. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, yeah was on on, I I thought, thought was great. I thought it was great. It was uh, definitely,
2: like I said, sucked me into the show.
1: Yeah, uh, great performance, like I said, from the, the main woman uh, i can't remember her name but she was in apparently how i met your mother she was the mother uh kristen kristen Milotti. milioti i don't know milioti <laughs> sorry i've never said her name aloud before but uh jesse clemens <laughs> was great like a great kind of uh, reluctant hero turned crazy villain you know like yeah. uh, i thought it was pretty cool how you know, in based off my own experiences in life, it's kind of true that, you know, at first you want to feel bad for someone who's kind of like that, who is quiet, antisocial, you know, seems like they, you know, are in a bad spot, but then, you know, they're kind of – sometimes they're just <laughs> – there's a reason people treat them a certain way because they give off bad vibes, <laughs> they're kind of creepy – um and you see what happens when someone like that gets any kind of power or like you know imaginary power or anything they kind of
2: yeah they like harbor all that hate they've uh i guess been given or taken over the years and use it to a very evil uh outpouring
1: yeah yeah like uh i mean and yeah you're seeing this office in a space where you're in the middle of it like they've already you don't really see why they're treating him that way but like the um, the one woman is saying like basically calling him out he stares um you know
2: and he's got the asshole partner the guy from Old yeah. Sunny.
1: <laughs> that Jimmy Simpson from uh, yeah. um Westworld as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's kind of just a jerk <laughs> too. Yeah. But he's not uh, i don't know yeah i don't know it's just i thought it was getting at a lot of things that obviously i can't articulate well but um
2: yeah i mean he like definitely gets the brunt of the mean shit on the ship he like literally uses him as like a uh foot <laughs> he, like, has,
1: <laughs> and, yeah, and then you find out he's like keeping his son's hostage basically oh yeah him. yeah i forgot all about that yeah
2: he's like using that to keep him in
1: line <laughs> yeah yeah, but I don't know, I, I just thought I liked the themes I liked the acting, I thought the action was good um, Yeah, and I, I liked the way it resolved itself, it was just a really enjoyable episode, you couldn't really at least I couldn't really uh, tell it was an hour and a half long until it was over and I was like, I mean it was a breeze it was an easy watch
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely
1: Yeah um, What would you give it out of 10? I guess we could rate each one
2: Uh, I'd give it Uh, It's like a 7.5, 8
1: out of 10. Oh, really? I'd say an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah. But, uh, okay, let's move on to episode number two, Archangel, directed by Jodie Foster. Uh, The synopsis... Which surprised me.
2: That really surprised me when I first saw the title screen. Yeah,
1: yeah. She's she's directed a few things, and Black Mirror seems to be kind of dipping its toes into hiring more well-known actors to direct some stuff like... um, Last year, they had a couple people that I recognize. This year, they had a couple as well. Uh, but Archangel is about, after nearly losing her daughter, a mother invests in a new technology that allows her to keep track of her. And like every other episode, or almost every other episode of Black Mirror, it goes horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, what, her daughter, immers gets hit by a car or something like that early on?
2: Well, she, like, runs away. She follows a cat.
1: Like, right, right.
2: Away from the playground. And I guess that uh, fear of losing your child drives her to try this new technology, Archangel, which is uh, like a chip implant in the brain. That yeah. you can It's a camera. It's a GPS. Like a,
1: all yeah, kinds. Tracking device where she, she could see first person from her daughter's eyes, everything that's yeah. going on, and put blockers in, like... Uh, you know, she can't if anything violent is is happening it kinda of blurs it out. If there's yeah. any bad words or anything like that, she will it will bleep or you know, something like that.
2: Yeah, anything that's like traumatizing in any yeah. kind of way.
1: It's a little bit like uh, an obvious parallel to like over parenting or
2: Yeah, parental know, controls and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, like it starts off from a good place uh and well meaning but you kind of see how it can devolve into just controlling and yeah, like a super strict parent who won't ever let their kids, <laughs> I, I'll say, I know someone who like wouldn't let their kid read comic books because I mean ridiculous reasons, not even good reasons, like like violence, like uh, yeah, yeah. the women are drawn to revealingly like uh you know, just, like, super strict parents that keep their kids from stuff, which only makes the kids uh, want to do that stuff more to just kind of rebel. Yeah, and you can
2: see, like, as the girl starts getting older, and in school, everybody, like, knows that she has this chip.
1: Right, yeah.
2: So they start making fun of her a bit, and they start trying to explain to her, like, violence and stuff like that. Porn. And
1: it's, Yeah, yeah and it's
2: blurred out in her mind, so she starts getting frustrated, and um, she starts trying to draw, like, a scene that somebody described to her somebody getting hit in the head and bleeding mm-hmm. and it's like blurring out as she's drawing it so she starts, she gets real frustrated and like she tries to stab herself to see blood and can't even do that and that makes her mom go and they t- take away the parental control
1: right well I don't know if they took it away I think she like chose they turn it off. to turn it off until you, know, if you flash ahead until she's like a high school kid and She starts dating the same guy who was showing her the porn before, who's now, like, a drug dealer, and, you know, the mom sees this and is, like, turns it back on, right? Yeah,
2: well, she lies to her mom and says they're going to a friend's house to watch a movie. Right. And her mom finds out that they're not, so she starts calling around trying to find her, and when she can't find her, she turns it back on in the middle of her having sex. Yeah. And, like, watches her having sex, um... And then I think she watched her do drugs and stuff too, so she basically blackmails her boyfriend into uh into breaking up with her essentially
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: and then worst of all, without her knowledge, gives her a uh plan B pill essentially, and it makes her sick, and the nurse tells her that it was a plan B pill that she was given, and she realizes that it was her mom watching her and slipping her this pill without her knowledge
1: yeah. And, if, and it goes pretty array. <laughs> yeah, she bashes her mom's head in with the device. Yeah, I did think it was funny. I heard uh, someone say this on another podcast. I can't remember if it was post show recaps or uh, the slash film cast. Shout out to both. Did a great uh, review episodes of Black Mirror. But uh, <laughs> what a great technology that turned it off for like ten to twelve years. Turned it back on. Works no problem. Yeah, same right. as it ever did. <laughs> Uh, but that was pretty good. Uh, the, as far as the episode itself, I thought it started off strong. Like, I thought it was a good concept for an episode, but uh, I, didn't, I think I thought it could have went a little more interesting of a place in the end.
2: Yeah, I agree, too. It was uh, not much of a uh, resolution, I guess you would say.
1: Yeah, like, but... uh, I feel like there was some wasted potential with, like, she's home alone with her grandfather who has a heart attack and she can't see what's going on and you think oh my god this could be the whole reason that that they didn't get him help in time and he died and that could be like way on her conscious nope. i thought for sure that's what was gonna happen <laughs> next scene yeah, he's fine yeah like well well then what was kind of the? i mean i don't know and yeah, then
2: he just dies and they don't really tell you how he dies. yeah
1: usually <laughs> usually black mirror doesn't really pull punches and i felt like that was kind of a pulled punch there but yeah. stuff like that, I mean, I still enjoyed the episode, thought it was pretty good. I think it was my fourth favorite of the season. Uh, yeah, my fourth favorite of the season. But it was, um, I don't know, it was okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't mind it. Um, I thought it was cool, like I said, that Jody Foster directed it. And it was a good concept, like you said. It could have went a few different other places. I thought it was pretty predictable, I thought. Uh kind of as she got older i could call that she was gonna, i thought she was gonna kill her mom i thought she'd be dead yeah for sure, but.
1: and again another kind of i mean i wish she would have killed her mom no i'm not saying that but, <laughs> uh it's kind of a pulled punch compared to what black mirror usually uh tends to do but i yeah. know some people loved this episode and i know a lot of people that say this was the worst episode of the season and maybe of the whole show i don't agree with either of them um you know i think they're both extreme i think it's just a good episode
2: yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think I'd probably give it like a seven.
1: Yeah, I'd say about that seven as well for me.
2: Yeah, uh, not bad, but uh,
1: not incredibly. Yeah, agreed. Next up is Crocodile, which is IMDb says is a woman interviews various people using a device that allows her to access their memories. Basically, it's a like a little mini thriller about. This couple who's driving down the highway in the beginning, they uh, hit someone, kill him, and like try to cover up the crime by throwing him in, off this cliff into the into the water. And it's like it's like uh, you know an avalanche or like a snowball slowly rolling downhill and gaining momentum as it goes, where the cover up becomes worse than the crime, and then to cover up that, to cover up the cover up, and yeah. this girl like she kills the guy that you know, she covered up the original crime with and then she starts killing anyone that, uh, you know, has any possibility of, you know, messing up her whole, her whole shit and it's basically like what, uh, what you're willing to do for self perseverance and she murders a blind baby at one point. (laughs) It gets pretty dark. Um, you, you fell asleep on this
2: one? Yeah, I didn't finish this one.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> what did you think from what you saw?
2: Uh, like you said, it was pretty intense. Um, uh, I basically saw the first part of like the cover-up, but um, I didn't really know where the hell they were going to go with it.
1: It was pretty crazy. Like that's what I'll say. Like again, pretty interesting concept. I thought, you know, um, it's a pretty cool idea, but. And there was some cool technology stuff, like the. they also, at some point you follow this woman who is using that memory technology to kind of, she's like an insurance person. And uh, so it's weird that, you know, she's not even police, she's like insurance, but she kind of gets involved in here, and it gets pretty crazy. It's kind of forgettable to me. Like, it was, again, it wasn't terrible, but yeah, it was... Bad for Black Mirror standards, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't really have much to add to
1: that. <laughs> no problem. Uh, <laughs> I thought the performances were pretty good. Uh, Andrea Riseborough, I believe, is the main woman's name, and uh, she's good. It's just like always, it's, n- it's never really the performances in Black Mirror that kind of, you know, brings it down. This was my least favorite episode. Of the season. I'd probably give it like a five and a half out of ten. Yeah. I don't know. It just... it I lost interest halfway through or not even halfway through. And it kind of was just like going through the motions to see what happened at that yeah. point. Yeah. But let's yeah, move on. Like, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, it's not just like how I feel the first episode was going to go for me. But it, I was uh, thankful that it didn't.
1: Yeah. Let's move on to episode four. Hang the DJ... Which is paired up by a dating program that puts an expiration date on all relationships. Frank and Amy soon begin to question the system's logic. Now, (laughs) this is a a pretty classic uh, Black Mirror episode. This is my second favorite episode of the season. Um, One of the more upbeat ones or, you know, doesn't end on a completely sour note. It's actually a happy ending, uh, which is what made San Junipero stand out. For me as well, last season. What would you think of Hang the DJ? Uh, it wasn't bad.
2: Uh, I would say I liked the final episode better, but oh okay. um, uh, no, it really wasn't bad. I thought it was a good concept with the uh, the uh, what do you call it, the timeline or Time expiration Yeah,
1: or yeah, yeah. And then the twist where you know it's like this is all just a program that's happening at lightning speed and it's like, uh, it's to check if they're compatible. Like it was pretty, uh, it was almost like inception level, uh, you know, twisting on itself. Yeah. yeah. But I, I twist on a twist. Yeah. And I thought that, um, I really liked the, the two main people, like the, the chick, the, the ones that start off on the date and end on the, end up getting together. Yeah I, yeah, I really liked their chemistry. I thought it was like uh, it's a pretty cool sci-fi rom-com in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I thought uh, she was charming and he was pretty funny as well. So, yeah, and the technology—it seems like something that uh, people could use in the real world. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it an eight out of ten.
2: Uh, I'd probably give it like a six. Like a seven, I didn't like. I thought this was one that I kind of just like breezed past.
1: Really? Okay. Yeah. It's a lot of people's favorite from the season. Yeah. But um, I, I really like the last Yeah, Black Museum. We'll get to yeah. that one. Actually, let's just talk about it now. The it, uh, since you didn't really see, or I'll talk about Metalhead, Metalhead, real quick, since I think you missed that one. Yeah. Yep. Um, this was was in black and white. Uh, It's in the post-apocalyptic landscape of the Scottish Moors. A woman attempts to survive a land full of dogs, metal dogs, robot dogs. Um, It's it's the shortest episode of the whole show. I think it's like 40 minutes. It's basically just like an almost silent black-and-white movie thriller just about this group of people trying to survive in a post-apocalyptic world from these... uh, robot dogs that are kill trying to kill them and uh I thought it was a pretty cool idea like and it was executed well but it just didn't feel very black mirror to me which yeah. I mean it's my second least favorite episode of the season I didn't hate it but even though it was only 40 minutes it still kind of felt long I don't know it it seemed like it would have been better as like a 15 20 minute short film concept type thing It just was, like, all one note. Well done. Well made. Very well made. Uh, I don't know. Not much to say. It's more just like a a race. Like, uh, very one note. Yeah. But uh, let's get to Black Museum now. The final episode of the season. A woman enters the Black Museum where the proprietor tells his stories relating to the artifacts. And... If you liked Black Museum, then you should definitely check out White Christmas from season two or the the Christmas special. Because that also was like three different storylines that kinda or different storylines that kind of collapsed in on each other into a nice tidy bow. And yeah, like on this one. It starts off and he's telling the story about this doctor who's gets this technology where he can feel other people's pain but without actually you know getting the physical damage damage from it It like help diagnose yeah and he becomes addicted to 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 feeling other people's pain and he starts severely yes sadistic stuff and pretty crazy how like he could even sense women's orgasms like yeah so he's yeah but uh yeah so that's the dark story of that poor doctor. <laughs> then um the second one was a story about this technology where was it when a loved one was passed away
2: well she was in like a, a coma. Coma. She got hit by car right right she was in a coma
1: but yeah and they transferred her consciousness inside of her boyfriend's brain right and she was basically like just chilling in there could see what he saw and could talk to him feel what he feels right and uh, it's about how that could quickly cause problems in a relationship.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, basically, she starts driving him fucking crazy. Um, you know, bitching and moaning. And, um, you know, if he checks out a girl, he, she's like yelling at him in his head. And yeah. he starts getting pretty fed up with it. So yeah, he, he goes and talks to the guy that they, he can put her on pause.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And um, then the last one is kind of. The the young girl who was talking to this guy, he came up with uh, some kind of technology where he can make holograms like feel pain, right? And
2: well, it was like very similar to the first episode. It was like the same technology. Yeah, with the the little circle thing you put on your brain, and you're like in a. It was like being in the video game thing, but in real world, I guess.
1: Yeah, and making this this. This guy, this prisoner, feed, like faces the death penalty over and over again, and selling tickets to have people pull the lever. And
2: yeah, it was a black guy that killed a white reporter, and yeah. he has a hologram that he lets people come and kill him over and over again.
1: Yeah, which is pretty crazy. And uh, it turns out that the the young woman is his daughter, and she eventually shifts his brain into the. Well yeah she, she walk into the museum
2: and it's like real hot there's no air conditioning. Um, and I first I would well, I would say like as they're walking through the museum I thought it was pretty cool, like they had the tablet that the girl Not bashed. Not cool at all. There's the no
1: air conditioning. Huh? Not cool at all. There was no air conditioning.
2: Yeah, right. But they had like the tablet that uh from the second episode that she bashed from home with like that was one of the exhibits and um there was like references from different episodes. But uh so it's, like, really hot in there, and the girl offers him water, like, early on in him showing her around the museum. And as they get to the final uh, exhibit, you figure out that she poisoned him with that water.
1: Right. Yeah, and, yeah, then uh, she basically uses the technology from the second story he told to put his consciousness inside of the hologram, and, and basically he's going to be tortured for the rest of his life, and then she burns the place down. Yeah, she electric
2: uh, sent him to the electric chair, and uh, I guess she said it was, like, a mercy killing, but...
1: Yeah. I don't... But, yeah, but, but I, yeah, she I, re- the play, so. I really liked the episode. It was my third favorite of the season. Uh, I think this was my favorite. Really? Nice. Yeah. I did. Um, I liked each little story individually, and as a whole, I thought it was really cool how it kind of tied everything together, kind of is the first hint in four seasons of the show that... Maybe all of these these episodes are kind of tied together.
2: Yeah, intertwined in some way. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, it's definitely a, an episode that would make me want to go back and watch the first three seasons and be excited for the upcoming seasons.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. What was your favorite, jeez, I'm young, segment of this episode, of the three little, like, mini-episodes?
2: Um... Um, probably... I think, probably the doctor, would well, just because it was outrageous and yeah, shit. Yeah,
1: I really like the doctor one.
2: Yeah. He as he's stuff. telling the story, he's like... Yeah, the guy... He get, basically gets caught... He gets kicked out of being a doctor, because he started hanging around for extra shifts just to feel pain to get off. He basically, like, has orgasms from feeling pain.
1: Yeah, and, and, and he he's, gets
2: kicked like, out. Of, he starts cutting himself just to feel pain and shit. And
1: he's, like, letting his uh, Patients like get, come really close to death just to like you know feel that crazy pain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he loses he some patience, like, right? Because he's kind of like playing it too close to the edge.
2: Yeah, that's, that's what really like put him to the edge. Is somebody like died while he was feeling their pain, and like apparently that was like so euphoric that he it sent him on a fucking yeah binge to try to feel that over and over again.
1: Yeah. And then Eventually he, starts he gets really kicked out of
2: being a doctor and tases a homeless man and just starts drilling holes in him.
1: Yeah. And then he starts that's hurting he t- himself, right?
2: Well, well that was after he hurt himself.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was right.
2: that wasn't enough, so he had to go find another person again to get close to death.
1: Right, right. Yeah, that was
2: and then they end the story with him laying in a hospital bed in a coma with a huge boner.
1: <laughs> I don't remember that
2: yeah <laughs> well then he, then he goes Oh, okay i just added that in, oh so.
1: yeah that's right I'm, yeah yeah and then the second story i could definitely relate to that and i don't even have my wife inside of my head all the time
2: <laughs> yeah right yeah. <laughs> but yeah they end up putting her in a teddy bear and that was like she. the teddy bear was still there and she was still inside the teddy bear
1: yeah that's right yeah and uh yeah, that's a pretty crazy uh, process to go through because they weren't even married or had been together that long, right? It was just he was her baby daddy, basically.
2: Yeah, I mean, he implies that they were, like, super happy, like, all-American. and Oh, sure, were, like, yeah,
1: yeah, but I don't know. Like, but, yeah, they
2: just meet at, like, a party and hook up, and I guess that's how they had the baby. I don't think they go into too much detail about it, but
1: yeah.
2: it pretty much skips from them hooking up to having a baby and being happy, and she gets hit by a car in a park. Right. (laughs) So I don't know if they were married at that point or not, but.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then I guess that would, it is tough. Like, you can kind of see from both perspectives a little bit. Like, obviously, she wants to be a part of what's going on. and
2: Yeah, that's like when he first gets the pause thing, uh, you find out, like, he paused her one time and he paused her for, like, three months. Yeah. Like she wakes, he turns her back on, and she's like, "What is? What's all the Halloween decorations?" And he's like, uh, "Well, it's Halloween."
1: Yeah, and, then and to think, like she's missing out on huge chunks of her son's life as he's growing up.
2: Yeah, and he eventually meets another girl, and um, he tries to like be with this other girl and then keep his wife happy at the same time, and uh, yeah. the girl is not having any that. of it, so it basically <laughs> drives him to either deleting her or putting it in the teddy bear, and that's what they ultimately do.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, The the last little part was probably my least favorite, but only just because the first two were, I thought, really good. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, i give the episode a solid eight, eight and a half. Yeah,
2: I would give it like an eight and a half to... Yeah, probably eight and a half, nine. Like I said, it was my favorite. I just liked the way it was tied together and had uh, some references to other sh- uh episodes
1: yeah cool definitely keep us up to date if you end up watching any more of black mirror episodes yeah definitely will but let's talk have you talked uh, blah, 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 seen anything else on tv yeah what's
2: well, uh i watched uh the two episodes that have come out so far of counterpart uh which is on stars i believe
1: oh uh, yes this is on stars starring jk simmons i was telling you about this before we started uh yeah, uh, no, you Dave were telling actually, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: but uh, my my brother Dave uh, like insisted that I sit down and watch it with him. He was like, "It's so good, you have to watch it." So uh, last night we sat down and watched it. And Fifteen minutes into the first episode, I was glued and had to watch both episodes. Well,
1: first, before you get into it, like I know it's uh, J.K. Simmons playing two different roles, but could, what is it? I still don't really know exactly what it's about.
2: So basically, it's. Um, uh, I guess back in the cold War era somewhere they i don 't know discovered or made they don 't really make it clear yet um, and this this is like not someone you can figure this out in like the trailer that basically the reality duplicated and so everybody has another in another reality oh wow yeah um, and so j k. Simmons basically works at an agency where it 's like i guess government and super secret. Like he doesn't even know what they do. Um, but basically, uh, so, so this, uh, French girls or German girls double is like an assassin in the other reality and comes over into the real reality to start assassinating people. And so it's basically JK Simmons double comes over to the reality cause he's, uh, I guess kind of trying to discover her, uh, trying to take out the assassin and it's, a very crazy story about, all, like that. I don't want to like spoil it for yeah, yeah. actors.
1: No, I'm interested. I'm going to try to check this out for sure. Yeah, it's
2: really good. I mean, it's uh, it's very confusing, and it starts off like you're not really supposed to know what goes on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's gonna, I guess, it's gonna unravel as the season goes. But it is absolutely worth to watch. It's one of the best TV shows I've seen in a while so far.
1: Nice. Yeah. Um, anything else?
2: Um, no, I
1: really haven't seen too
2: much TV. Did okay, you start
1: so. watching uh, Versace, American
2: Crime Story? Uh, I watched the first probably 20, 30 minutes of the first episode. What do you think? I think it's going to be good. I I have high hopes in American Crime Story as a series. Um, all the actors seem to be really good. I knew the backstory of the case not quite as much as I knew the O.J. Simpson case, but um, I'm kind of interested in see because, like, the. Uh, The O.J. Simpson case was so, like, uh, I don't know, popular and
1: on the news everywhere. I don't know. Ubiquitous.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't... I I think it would probably be worth more watching this because I don't know as much about it. You know, you get to discover more and learn more about it. But all the actors seem to be a really good fit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely... Intrigued by it. Have you watched the first? What is it? Two episodes now. Yeah, Three seen, episodes? The
1: fir- seen the first two. Uh, I knew absolutely nothing about this this case. Uh, I don't know how I missed that. Obviously, I've heard of Versace, just like perfume and whatever else, you know. Clothes. Just as yeah. a brand, and uh, yeah, I think it's really good. Um, so I mean, it's only two episodes, but not as good as rj show from last yeah. year. Yeah. Or two years ago. But uh I really think Darren Chris is the highlight so far from two episodes as the the murderer, the killer. Yeah. He's a pretty Andrew crazy character. I yeah. his name. Pretty crazy character. But yeah, I think it's a really good show. I'll I'll yeah, finish I'm, the season. Definitely. Yeah. Um only thing I watched uh, was the season finale, season eight finale of Shameless on Showtime. I mean How not, was that? Not really. I heard it was kind
2: of uh, disappointing from what I read. I just saw some headlines.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I thought it was a good season. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought it was probably in the top half of seasons, if just off, you know. Top. What what number season is this? Seven.
2: Eight. Eight. Yeah, I've only seen the first four seasons. Yeah. Kind of fell off.
1: It's good. I don't know. It's funny. I think this might have been the best. And this is probably a hot take, but my favorite Frank season. Really? The the father William H. PC. Yeah, yeah. So he still is crazy. And... Um, he at least at the beginning of the season he's sober, right? He gets sober, and oh, he okay. like uh, he gets a job, like a real legit job, and he kind of, I don't know, that was some of the funniest stuff that he's ever done. With just I don't know, just a different angle, but he's still Frank, even though he's sober. And, uh, but I think his arc of the season is the best. Uh, Fiona's is good. Yeah, I thought it was a really, really solid season. I kind of fell fallen off the past few before this, but this one kind of hooked me back up.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, I I loved Shameless. Like I said, I think I've seen the first four seasons about. And, uh, I liked it because it's, um, I can't relate to it the way I, had a crazy time in my young life where my house was a crazy household like that. Yeah, so yep. I was related to it and found it, found it funny at the same time. I mean, it's a funny show.
1: Yeah, very dark comedy. It, I think yeah, yeah. It's, it's on cool. Netflix now, I think. So is it really? Yeah, I'm pretty good. sure. So yeah, sure it's,
2: that. That. it's on Showtime regularly. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's yeah. on Showtime. All right. Well, before we move on from TV, we have to talk about this
2: Big Brother cast.
1: Yes. Celebrity Big Brother cast was announced. Um, are you gonna? You're all in with me to watch this, right? Uh, how many days a week is it? It's gonna be four days a week for three weeks. That's insane.
2: That's all. I'll do my best
1: to keep up. Oh my gosh! It's only three weeks long. This is like super intense, like fast paced, fast forwarded season because these celebrities can't stand to be in there more than three weeks, but. <laughs> so, I mean, I
2: know what Big Brother is, but really, what is the premise of Big Brother? Just to fuck everybody over to win.
1: All right. <clears throat> la, la, la. <laughs> You're speaking my language now. <laughs> All right. So, in this case, 11 house guests go into the house with the goal of being the winner. Uh, get down to a final two and have a jury of your peers vote between the two as to who should win. But basically, you know, start at... With eleven, then there's a the competition where all eleven people participate in. The winner becomes head of household and nominates two people for eviction. And then there's a the power of veto. If Wait, ever, they win? How do they win that? Just a competition, uh, Like a game or something. Yeah, or like uh, yeah, okay. uh, yeah. Who can stand up, uh, long hanging long. on to this the longest, or you know, or it could be quiz, could be anything, but just a yeah. competition in general. So they nominate two people. They have so they're they have to create a, create enemies right away, you know. Doesn't matter if they love everybody. Two people have to be nominated uh, for eviction. Then there's a thing called power veto, which is another just a competition where the winner gets the veto, which you can either use it or not. You can either use it to save one of the people from the block from nomination bring them down, and then someone else would have to go up in their place. And then after that, the two people that are remaining, the rest of the house guests vote on which one of those people goes home.
2: So who chooses who takes that spot?
1: The head of household.
2: They choose who goes up after the veto?
1: Yeah, but the person who used won the veto and used it cannot be put up in that place. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so basically it's about... You want to, you know, your one person gets eliminated. Per Usually it's per week, but this is probably going to be like two or three people a week. Um, and basically, you want to play a good game, quote-unquote, like, you know, have to be able to argue your case as to why y- you deserve to win at the end, but you also don't want to create a lot of enemies because then they won't vote for you. Yeah. So it's kind of a conundrum, and uh, yeah, it's one of the best... Strategy games ever invented. Yeah, I know
2: you have watched it from the beginning.
1: Yeah, from the very beginning. <laughs> God, I remember we had
2: like dial up, and you were watching live cams,
1: <laughs> live feeds, and they're going to have live feeds with these celebrities as well. So right. that's kind of kind of interesting. Um, but it's look, the reason I'm so excited is not necessarily because it's celebrities. I mean, I watch Celebrity Apprentice and whatever. It's more about i'm getting three weeks of fast-paced uh big brother at a time when i usually do not in february Yeah. so you know the more big brother the better it's kind of cool that it's celebrities just to see how they handle the situations and if there's anybody that could play the game and not just like try to remain popular or whatever yeah uh, i just love the i know you were,
2: i know you were hoping for an all-star cast were you disappointed
1: well, that's not this. This was separate. No. This is uh, Big Brother Twenty is this summer. That's when I'm hoping for uh, a nice all-star. Uh, got you, got you. But gotcha, uh, gotcha. But let's let's talk about who's on here. Do you know without spoiling?
2: Uh, no, I can look it up. I saw like so. Don't look
1: it up. Don't look it up. I want to. Okay. I want to see how many of these people you know and what you think, and and then we'll pick who we think is going to win. And I would just love to follow this over the next three weeks it starts next wednesday and i can't wait what channel is it on cbs okay all right first up alphabetical order we have miss columbia 2014 mrs still a great night uh you know uh if you remember when steve harvey announced the wrong winner oh is that her yeah it was pandemonium this is the girl woman who uh, was incorrectly announced as the winner and then had it snatched away from her? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I can't pronounce her first name. Uh, Ariadna Gutierrez. Yeah. And um, yeah, so she, she's obviously you know of her. I don't think yeah. either of us, like, I feel just for her. hearing the name, we wouldn't know who she was. She's 24 years old. And uh, that's interesting. I don't think she knows anything about big brother, but at least she has a story.
2: Yeah, does she speak good English do you
1: know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure she I'm does. Famous. I think she does, because she lives in Miami yeah. now, just based off uh, okay. of what this says here. Um, let's see, next up, Brandy Glanville from uh, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, don't know that. She was also a part of Celebrity Apprentice, and uh, she's 45 years old, She's bleach blonde hair, you know, typical what you would think of with the Real Housewife of Beverly it's Hills. A bitch. <laughs> I mean, I won't say that, but
2: she <laughs> just she from does, what I've seen of clips of that show. That's yeah. That's she's
1: my a, a drama queen who gets in a lot of, you know, mixes it up. <laughs> I'm
2: sure, she'll steal the stir the pot.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, she was actually surprisingly decent on Celebrity Apprentice, but uh, I'm definitely interested to see what she does here. Next up uh, very interested. This might make you want to watch. You ready? All right. It's a UFC Hall of Famer. Mixed mixed martial artist. 48 years old. The Chuck Ice Liddell. The Iceman, Man Chuck Liddell. It's in the house, baby. What that's do you think? What do you think?
2: I think that's funny. Uh We'll, to, we'll get to see if his uh, brain still fires. To see yeah, right.
1: he's not my winner pick because uh, <laughs> he's got some brain damage. Well, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I mean, he clearly. I mean, not to make light of the situation. I mean, it's pretty serious. He clearly has kind of similar to what Muhammad Ali was kind of going through, where clearly yeah, I mean, his his uh, brain's not firing on the same amount of cylinders as it was. Uh, yeah you before. can
2: see like when he watches fights he's like cringing around and it's kind of cringeworthy
1: to watch actually and I don't know but maybe the, he's just I don't know <laughs> I don't want to make assumptions but I would
2: like to see him like uh, some people try to make some enemies with him and how he uh, reacts to that
1: yeah I'm definitely interested to see what he's like uh, he can't punch his way <laughs> to victory here <laughs> yeah right uh, but yeah, so that's like the first real notable name on here. Uh, next up, someone I, I did not know whatsoever. Uh, James Maslow, 27 years old, big-time Rush singer and actor. Do you know a big-time big time Rush is? Rush? Apparently some big- Nickelodeon kind of singer-like band. I don't know. Never heard of it. No anything. idea. Seems like a real tool bag just based <laughs> off of... Uh, <laughs> He was chilling away on some video where he's, like, promoting his social media and all these sponsorships and whatever. Uh, so He's my least favorite so but, far. Yeah, me too. I hope he's the first one gone. Next up, we have Keisha Knight Pulliam. You might not know the name, but you know her as Rudy from The Cosby Show.
2: Uh, which one? Is that the daughter?
1: Yeah, the youngest daughter. I believe. Uh, She's 38 years old now. She was on Celebrity Apprentice. Uh, She was the first person eliminated on Celebrity Apprentice. (laughs) And um, she was on Celebrity Mole, but I didn't watch that.
2: Oh man, we were just talking about that
1: last week. Oh really? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Interesting.
2: Yeah. um, I haven't seen or knew about that girl in a long time.
1: Yeah. Next up, another one I don't know of. Marissa Janet Wieneker, a Broadway actress, forty-four years old. Ring any bells? Yeah,
2: no, not a Broadway fan. <laughs> yeah,
1: me either. So I, I don't. I have no idea if she'll be good or not. So that's probably going to be the winner. Uh, yeah. Right. Next up, Mark McGrath, the uh, former singer of Steve uh, of Sugar Ray. Oh, wow! <laughs> and that's the reason I. Would- Kept singing yeah. that song before we started the podcast. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he's 49 crazy. years old now. Jesus.
2: Yeah, I don't I know. I don't like, know much about him. I'm pretty sure he used to have like drug problems and shit. But
1: I mean, he was a rock star, so...
2: Yeah, <laughs> he was sense. like a maniac, so I'd be interested to see how that works out. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I'm i kind of interested to see what he's like. And uh, next, yeah. next up, I'm going to hat tip to Alex Kidwell, who was on our podcast a couple times, the Red Belt Report, and just started a new podcast himself this week, Kidwell's Corner. Check it out. Uh, first episode was just talking about the big celebrity Big Brother cast. He did a great job. But uh, I'm going to steal his joke for the next contestant. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, artist formerly known as Ron, Metal-, <laughs> Metal World Peace is on here, former, M- former NBA player. Yeah. The God. guy known for uh, going into the stands and starting a brawl with the <laughs> the fans in attendance. A fan, yeah. yeah. He played for the Lakers, right? He played for a lot of teams, I feel like. The uh, Lakers, he was not with the Lakers during the Malice at the Palace, I don't think. I know that was in Detroit. Uh, I want to say he was with the Indiana Pacers. I, I actually yeah. was watching that live. I remember it. Because uh, I... It's weird because I never watched much NBA at all when I was a kid. I want to say I was like 13 years old. Does that sound right? That's probably too long ago, maybe older than that. But I remember I almost never watched NBA, and I'm watching this game for some reason. On, I think it was a Saturday afternoon, and uh, this goes down, and I'm like, I need to watch more NBA. Like, <laughs> this is insane. But yeah, maybe that's you know.
2: why you got sparked in MMA.
1: Yeah, it could be. It could be. Uh, but I'm interested to see what he does. Uh, yeah, like you said, Omarosa is there. Uh, two weeks Which, ago... Where is she from? She was in the uh, original Apprentice, and then she was also on Celebrity Apprentice. And two weeks ago, she was working for Donald Trump in the White House. For real? Yeah, and she got fired, or, or something. There was something where she no longer works there. And now she's in the big brother house that's crazy so she might have some secrets to tell i don't know <laughs> right <laughs> but uh 43 years old i don't know i'm not a huge fan but i'm sure she'll bring the drama yeah i was gonna say she's pretty crazy right yeah yeah based off the apprentice stuff i don't really yeah. know her other than that but yeah the last two contestants i think are my two favorites to win the show uh, Ross Matthews is the first one up. He's like a television host, uh, 38 years old. He's the, he's a gay guy who he's a huge Big Brother fan. I've seen him. He I think he did like a like a post game interview or a post game recap type of type of thing back in the day for some seasons of Big Brother. He knows the game inside and out. He's smart, he's funny, he's likable. Um, yeah. Yeah, he should go far Is I don't know I don't know like the strategy even going to matter in a celebrity version of this game but I right. think I think it'll be good uh, and lastly probably most of interest to you other than Chuck Liddell it's uh, Shannon Elizabeth actress from American Pie uh,
2: which one is she
1: the one she like from the, American Pie
2: the goofy one
1: no, the hot one. The, uh... uh
2: the one where they gets spilled.
1: Yes, and she's yeah, also... Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in a lot of stuff. She's in uh, Scary Movie. She was in uh, 13 Ghosts, I want to say. I saw that one in theaters. Uh, I think that's what it was called. But, yeah, she's uh, she's a huge Big Brother fan as well. Um, She's 44 years old now. She still looks oh, exactly yeah. the same. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I think she'll be good. Like, she's a huge Big Brother fan. She goes. She's done some Big Brother podcasts before. Really? Like, which is surprising, right? For some, you know, attractive actress to be into a reality competition show, but I'm into yeah. it. Yeah, I think she'll be good. I'm excited to see see her, and... Uh,
2: so, she, she's your favorite to win?
1: She's my winner pick. Oh,
2: okay.
1: <laughs> her... All right. Her and Chuck Liddell,
2: huh. final two. Yeah, all right. Chuck Liddell, that's my friend. Now, uh, I'm going to pick the Miss Columbia.
1: All right. Adriana Gutierrez.
2: Yeah, I think she's going to sweep. Uh, that'd be cool. I don't know. <laughs> I think... Just because I feel for her. I mean, it's got to be the most crazy situation to go through, what she went through in uh, this universe <laughs> I think she's, whatever it
1: was. I think she's going to make final two, and they're going to say... And your winner is Adriana Gutierrez. Oh, wait a second. No, uh <laughs> it's it to win Free now. Steve Harvey. I don't ask the winner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hate Steve Harvey, but... <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's uh, really Big Brother. Took probably way too much time to do that, but it's what yes. I'm into. It's called Failing to Communicate, bitch. Get over it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's good. If not, it's only three weeks long. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. All right. At least, yeah. At least watch the premiere. All right. Uh, let's move on to movie time. Uh, hold on. We're gonna note the time. Okay. Here. Yeah, movie time. It's movie time. Yeah, we're gonna review the movie that was nominated for best picture and quite a few other uh, categories as well for the Oscars. It's three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. This is the story of a mother who personally challenges the local authorities to solve her daughter's m- rape and murder when they fail to catch the culprit. So yeah, she she hires the company to put up three billboards that are like saying still no arrests, you know, what are you waiting for? And stuff like that. Taunting Yes. The See, police. like uh
2: raped and raped while dying. Yeah crazy. Still no arrest. Why not, Commissioner or whatever is
1: anyone? Yeah, and it stars Francis McDormand as Mildred, who's the one putting up the billboards. You have Sam Rockwell, Woody Harrelson, Caleb Landry Jones. <laughs> Pretty good cast. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, I want to say. Let me check up the Rotten Tomato score. Uh, it premiered at I want to say one of the film festivals, either. Toronto or or uh, the other one of the other big ones that for some reason I can't think of while I'm trying to Google at the same time. Um,
2: Venice International Film Festival.
1: Oh, is that where it premiered? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it had ninety three percent. At Toronto also. Yeah. Cool. I knew it was at Toronto. I just didn't know if it premiered there. But uh, yeah, ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So obviously well reviewed, but it's received some backlash. Uh, recently and uh, yeah I'm interested to hear your thoughts
2: I really enjoyed this movie what was the backlash about
1: Um, it had more to do with uh, I think the head which I agree I kind of agree with well though it's not I'll just say I have. had said it last week I think but I have mixed opinions on the movie I didn't hate it I didn't love it I thought it was okay I thought it was kind of a mess which uh, we'll get into but I agree with these complaints that you know, for as much as it is like a, a big part of it is about race relations. Like Sam Rockwell's character is incredibly racist, right? And yeah, and homophobic. So yeah, and he's like, you know, calling black people the N word and abusing his power as a police officer. But th- there's barely any screen time for the black characters or for the people being discriminated against. Like
2: yeah it's not really a driving point at all or
1: yeah i mean for me like i can see the complaints it's definitely well the guy martin mcdonough i think he's british and he's trying to make a movie about you know the u.s climate so maybe there's something lost in translation there i'll give him the benefit of the doubt because i liked his first two movies a lot in Bruges and seven psychopaths for me that's like yeah i can see the point but that's not like the main reason that i didn't love the movie um but, yeah, it is kind of weird that, you know, as much as all that's going on, and I know it's not, like, the main point of the movie, but I don't know, you would have liked to have seen a little bit more from from that side of the Yeah, I, Yeah, I can see that. It's
2: like, like you, I can see why you said it's a mess. I mean, there is a lot of racist and homophobic remarks, especially by, like, the police in the movie and some of the uh, citizens, but, like, that's not what the movie's about, and it really doesn't, more into it than other than saying racist and homophobic remarks
1: yeah and it's i also think it's a mess in far as like i feel like the movie doesn't know what it wants to be about from one scene to the next like yeah first it's about strictly about you know this woman and trying to find justice and then it kind of shifts gears into woody harrelson's character is dying and there's on a whole tangent there and it's about Sam Rockwell's racist I think it's I think what it's trying to do is just kind of you know, show highlight him.
2: the atmosphere of this town. Yeah,
1: it kind of yeah, like make it all work together somehow, but for me it just it didn't like yeah. they from scene to scene I thought first of all, I will say even though I didn't like the movie a ton Performances across the board are all great. Like, Sam Rockwell yeah. is great. Woody House is great. Francis McDormand is great. But, um. Yeah, it
2: starts off pretty witty and funny. And, I mean, throughout the movie, there is. But at the beginning, more so, I thought it was, like, uh, witty and funny and lighthearted. And, with some race comments and then funny comments thrown in. But, uh.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can see what he's going for. Yeah, like I said, I just don't know, like, Like, In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths were both, like, kind of dark comedies, thrillers, and uh, I I felt like it was missing the comedy, at least what I was looking for. And again, the movie didn't have to be funny to be good, but I don't know. I I felt like that was missing, because I think it was kind of going for that, but to me it was missing a little bit, and yeah, I just, I found it hard to get behind any characters in the movie like yeah i i couldn't really uh root for anybody here which again is fine it's a hard movie for me to explain why i didn't really like it because it has all the ingredients like great actors giving great performances a story that kind of seems like Coen brothersy and like a thriller and something i would like a director that i've loved in the past but yeah i don't know like the scene that kind of stands out the most as to why I didn't like it is that scene when uh, Francis McDormand's ex-husband comes over, played by John Hawks or whatever. and With his girlfriend. Yeah, with his girlfriend. And then he starts, like, being verbally and physically abusive to yeah. Francis McDormand. And,
2: and they then, had alluded to that prior in the movie that he was, like, he beat his wife and that's I guess why they
1: split up but yeah and then like the wife comes in and it's trying to be like funny in the midst of this like terribly violent act and then all of a sudden they're good with each other I I don't know it's just had a weird again messy just so messy like what are you trying to do here
2: yes uh yeah the girlfriend was just like stupid and you know she wasn't blonde but she acted like a dumb blonde you know what i mean yeah
1: and it's, in the middle of
2: like him choking her against the wall and yeah
1: yeah the and then they have him. and then they immediately have like a sit down serious somber conversation like
2: yeah which then goes right back to hateful and
1: yeah and i'm just thinking like what are you trying to be movie like pick something yeah i don't know i thought, like,
2: uh, I, I mean, I liked Woody Harrelson, Woody Harrelson's character as well. I think he was my favorite character. Um, he yeah, was kind of like middle of the road, in between like the hate and her point of view.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. He was pretty good, and I don't want to spoil, but where his story kind of goes was unexpected and absolutely kind of crazy. And I thought that was like, I don't want to sit here and trash the movie the whole time because I don't think it's as bad as some people are saying, but. I just think it's a lot of missed opportunity and missed potential, but talk to me more about why you did like it.
2: Um, well, like I said, I liked Woody Harrelson's character, and I liked uh, uh, the tension between, well, I forget the racist cop's name. but
1: uh, I just know it's Sam Rockwell's actor. Um, yeah. Let me see. Um, no, I don't have it here. <laughs> Dixon, Dixon yeah, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I think he's just known as
2: Dixon in the movie. Okay. But, but, I don't know. I, was, like you, I didn't like it a whole lot. Like you said, I can see where it's all over the place. It starts off with the murder. You don't really find much out about the murder. You find bits and pieces of it. But, um, I just... I liked the beginning with mostly Woody Harrelson's character's part. Mm-hmm. Um, and how he, like... Like I said, he cuts the tension between the completely racist and homophobic cops and her um egging them on he like kind of cuts it in half you know what I mean sees both sides of it um but uh I don't know I just I thought the story was good and I thought um actually I didn't like the way it ended but
1: uh, (laughs) yeah let's all right. quick spoiler alert um let's talk about how it ended you did not like that no. Um so basically yeah, again kind of like confusing and messy. She burns down the police station. Right. Yeah,
2: her well her billboards get burnt down.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. But she burns down the police station. Uh Sam Rockwell's character gets burnt, right?
2: Yeah, he's in the police station. Which I don't Did they set him up for that? Or did she I,
1: I'm not sure. I don't think she knew that he was there and was that was gonna happen. I'm I'm not exactly sure.
2: Yeah, because the one the a black cop comes in and takes over to the police station and fires him, Dixon's character. Yeah. Sam Rockwell or Sam Rockwell's character and tells him to come uh the head chief had killed himself and left him a note. So he says, Come by after we close and come get it and that's happens to be when she burned so i did i'm confused by if they set him up for that or i don't know
1: i don't think so but who knows yeah um and then all of a sudden he's like has a change of heart and wants to go find the person that did it tries to do it well, right well yeah he it, gets
2: burnt well he reads the letter from uh woody harrelson's character and basically just says you gotta let go of your hate to be a detective. I know you always wanted to be a detective. You gotta, like, find love or something, you know. Yeah. Some basically kind of
1: cheesy and. And, I think and that's, that's all it takes, right? For some incredibly uh, <laughs> hateful, yeah. racist, homophobic person to just turn it around. Yeah, it was no. pretty weird. Um, so, yeah, then they, he kind of figures out where the guy might be, the potential guy might be, and all of a sudden makes up with Mildred, and they drive down. And they're, like, talking about their plans to kill him. Or are they going to go through with it? And then the movie ends.
2: Yeah, well, he runs into the guy. He, like, overhears the guy talking in the bar about raping a girl. Right. Goes over and purposely scratches him in the face real deep to get his DNA under his fingernails. Gets the shit beat out of him.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't him, right?
2: Gets the DNA tested and figures out that it wasn't him.
1: But still, it's a guy that... They yeah. still go
2: to go find him right. and murder him.
1: right. Which is
2: yep. just totally fucking confusing.
1: Yeah, a little confusing.
2: I mean, I mean not, maybe not confusing, but it was just. Yeah. I Literally going into this movie, I thought it was going to be like a thriller drama about discovering this girl's murderer and really getting into that, and it just. Ambush drops that completely.
1: Yeah, again. The only word for it is, is messy. But that I can think of, anyway. I'm not very uh, eloquent, eloquent. Yeah. Um. But what was I gonna say like again I can kind of see what he's trying to go for where he's trying to have it where this guy is showing someone that can go from hateful to starting to turn it around and maybe learn from his mistakes but uh, it just didn't work for me too much yeah and again, I don't know the performances it, are great but it's just the, the script maybe that's the problem yeah
2: and, and like in the end like if I think they say that they'll decide what they'll do on the way or whatever but it's a redemption for this guy really going and finding this guy and killing him Right? like I said exactly
1: <laughs> yeah
2: but, so okay. it, was, it, was, it was all over the place I mean like you said it's not a terrible movie and the performances were all good I thought uh, Francis McDormand's character was really good um, yes she's pretty I think that's almost like typecasting for her
1: yeah very yeah agreed
2: but uh, all in all it was good um, I definitely don't see it winning best picture by any means
1: mm, you might be surprised it's definitely one of the front runners which is surprising really? to me but yeah. I would give it a 6.5 out of 10
2: yeah I'd probably give it like a 6 3 quarters to a 7 Um, just based off one of the performances and uh, I don't know it, I, I think it did kind of grasp like what really old-fashioned midwestern town could be like but then again drop the ball on it at the same time
1: yeah and mine is a light six and a half out of ten maybe a heavy six but that's why i can't hate the movie just because it's i mean it's technically it's really well made it's well performed like some scenes work really well but it's just it doesn't come together for me i was really really looking forward to the movie after all the positive reviews it got uh, early on, I was thinking... And the trailer, I was really excited for it. I thought it was going to be one of my favorite movies of the year. So it's really disappointing that... Uh, yeah, I was. I would agree with
2: that. It. Like, out of the list of movies you gave me, which are, I, they all seem like really good movies, but I'd heard a lot about this movie, so I wanted to watch it. And that's why I chose this one, and uh, I think I also was definitely disappointed.
1: Yeah. Well, the good news is, at least in my opinion, the other... The other four movies remaining are uh, all really good, so... Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, Real quick, we didn't do this last week. Do you want to go over the Oscar nominations? Yeah, that's fine. Just since uh, Three Billboards is nominated for some stuff. Um, Um, For Best Picture, Best Picture, we have Call Me By Your Name, which we talked about last week. Darkest Hour, the uh, Gary Oldman makeup movie where he's playing uh, what's the British guy who he's playing uh,
2: Ch- Winston Churchill yeah Winston Churchill
1: uh, Dunkirk really happy to see that nominated Get That's Out great. Get Out we reviewed that movie great movie Lady Bird we will talk about that movie at some point Phantom Thread I'm dying to see it still uh, me too for real <laughs>
2: oh yeah I want to see it really awesome. bad it's uh Dado Dado Lewis right
1: yeah yeah, we should yeah. go together. It's a date. I'm dead. Uh The Post, which I thought was decent but not great. Uh The Shape of Water, which we will talk about eventually. And three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh yeah. out of them, who you're rooting for?
2: Uh realistically, um see I haven't seen like I want to see Phantom yeah, Trick. No. I feel like that would probably be my vote. one. such one. a big deal, Dino Day Lewis, fan.
1: yeah. That's the only movie of the Best Picture nominees that I haven't seen yet. Um,
2: um, I have watch it watching the post. It. I didn't watch it all,
1: but... Yeah, I would say my prediction for what will win is The Shape of Water. And for okay. my prediction for... Well, not prediction. The one that I would vote for... I think it'll be Phantom Thread, but since I haven't seen it, I'll go Dunkirk.
2: Yeah, I would say I would out of what I've seen I would say Dunkirk also but uh or maybe get out. I don't see get out being the type of picture that wins best picture though.
1: I would like um, it actually. I think it would be I would good. I would love to see that too. But, yeah.
2: Um I just don't I don't think I guess you would say the academy would give a movie like that to be the
1: winner. Typically, but, uh, yeah, they wouldn't. But you yes. um, know, um, um best actor We have Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, the main kid there. Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread. Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. Gary Oldman for Make Up Winston Churchill movie, Darkest Hour. And uh, Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. Have you seen that? I haven't. I haven't heard the best things about the movie, but I have heard his performance is pretty good. Yeah. Um, Who do you like, like... out of the ones you've seen, at least, what, what do you think in this category? Well, i so only seen Get two. Out and
2: Call <laughs> Me By Your Name.
1: but um, I've only seen three. I feel... Go ahead, sorry. Uh, I mean... Out of those I mean, 2 Daniel
2: Day-Lewis, one three.
1: Yeah, two or three. I think he's one three, <laughs> if I know. Might.
2: But um, he won for uh, Lincoln...
1: Um, did he win for Lincoln? Yeah. uh There will be blood. Did he win for that?
2: Yeah, I think so. And that's something in the 90s. Yeah, uh,
1: like uh my left foot or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. But um what do you think uh, did uh did Chalamet deserve to be nominated or in Kaluha?
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I thought um uh, like it's like what was last year um, Moonlight and La, La Land are like the front runners. Yeah, that. yeah. I, th- I think this is like a very different year in terms of those like type of per- performances. But yeah, I agree with that. Um, I really would have to see Phantom Thread. Because Dustin- Daniel Day Lewis is just such an incredible actor. I feel like every character he's ever played has just been mind blowing. So um, I would say he's the front runner without even seeing the movie. I would love to see the guy from Get Out wins just because feel like he came out of nowhere and gave a great performance um the kid from call me by your name it's gotta be like tough to play a character like that and do it so intensely and so good so
1: yeah uh uh, i i think gary oldman's gonna win just because it seems like anytime an actor like does this whole transformation to look like someone completely different they kind of give him the oscar but yeah i have a feeling i would pick daniel day lewis uh once I see that movie. But again, I haven't yeah. seen the movie. Uh, let's move on to Best Actress. The nominees are Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, uh, Frances McDormand, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie in I, Tonya, uh God. Sersha Ronan, that's how you say it, for Lady Bird and Meryl Streep in The Post. Um... I would either give it to Margaret Robbie for I, Tanya, or Francis McDormand for Three Billboards. Actually, Sears Cerronin's incredibly good in Lady Bird as well. Strong category this year. But, yeah, uh, she won the Golden Globe, didn't she? Did she? For, but in, the, in the Golden Globes, they do, uh, they separate drama and comedies. I think it was drama, I think. Comedy. I, I thought Bird. she
2: did. Or, is Lady Bird a comedy? I haven't
1: seen it. Yeah, that. it would probably be... Uh. Labeled a comedy. I think Meryl Streep's going to win, just because it's Meryl Streep and she always does. Yeah, I was going to say anybody, but... <laughs> She's good in the post, but... Yeah.
2: Um, I would I would hope for Margaret Robbie. I think it would be cool to see her win that.
1: Yeah. Get Tanya Harding up in there. Yeah. Uh, best Supporting Actor. We have Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project, which I'm hoping we can review very soon. We have Woody Harrelson for Three bil- Billboards. Uh, Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards. Seems like Sam Rockwell is building a lot of momentum. He won the SAG Award. He won a Golden Globe. But I, I really think Willem Dafoe will be robbed if he doesn't win this. He is really sensational in The Florida Project. I mean, it's not like an over-the-top performance. It's a very down-to-earth, like, just incredible. Best performance of his career, in my opinion. And uh, that's who I'm rooting for all the way. Nice. Not um, that I love Sam Rockwell as an actor. He's one, he's always been like an underrated, one of my favorite underrated actors. And I'd be happy for him if he won, but just wish it was for a different role.
2: Yeah. Surprised what surprised Woody Harrelson got the nods and was in
1: like half of the movie. Because, uh, yeah, he fell asleep and never woke up.
2: Oh, yeah, I forgot we're past spoilers, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, I want to see Christopher Plummer win because he took over for fucking Kevin Spacey They refilmed everything.
1: I mean, impressive feat in two weeks, (laughs) but I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. Yeah, I haven't either. (laughs) Best Supporting Actress, Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Allison Janney for I, Tanya, Leslie Manville, Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf. Ladybird, Octavia Spencer, The Shape of Water. Um, I think Alice Janney is going to win for Itania. She's been winning everything up to this date. Um I uh, I'd like to see Laurie Metcalf win it for Ladybird. She is uh if you don't recognize the name, you'll definitely recognize her face. She's from uh Roseanne. She's Aunt Becky. Is that who Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any yeah, thoughts but, here? Yeah, I haven't really seen any of them. Yeah, honestly. that's what I didn't think. But. Uh, quickly, director, we have Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, and GTL, I mean GTT, Gael García Del Toro for The Shape of Water. Rooting for Dunkirk here. I think, uh, I, think uh, I don't know. This is a pretty awesome category. I like everybody here.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for Jordan Peele for... Coming out of nowhere with that directorial performance.
1: Yeah. His directorial debut to win an Oscar, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but it's probably going to be The Shape of Water. I mean, probably. I don't know. Uh, know best animated movie, The Boss Baby, Coco, Ferdinand, Loving Vincent, and The Breadwinner. I've only seen Boss Baby, Coco, and no, I haven't, no, I've only seen two. Coco is great. It'll probably win and it deserves it. I'm guessing you haven't seen him. Nope. (laughs) Adapted Screenplay, Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, Logan. That was pretty cool. Logan got a a superhero movie, got a a nomination for screenplay. But uh, first one ever. Molly's Game and Mudbound. I'm rooting for Logan. Why not?
2: Yeah, me too. Uh,
1: Original Screenplay, The Big Sick. Get Out, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards.
2: Definitely root for Big Sick.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I would love to see that win. But I think Lady Bird deserves it, actually. And you, I don't know, you might agree once you see the movie. Yeah. Cinematography, Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Mudbound, and The Shape of Water. To me, it's Blade Runner 2049, all day, every day. It's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Yeah. So hopefully that wins. Uh, Icarus got nominated for Best Documentary Teacher. Nice. Uh, hopefully we can see see a win there. Uh, not much else really to talk about. Um, visual yeah. effects, Blade Runner, Guardians of the Galaxy, Kong Skull Island, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and more for the Planet of the Apes. Star Wars. That's Definitely. like your... Uh, Your early category where you'll get all the genre movies and blockbusters. Yeah, Yeah, it's got to be Star Wars. Uh, Or Blade Runner. I'd be happy with Blade Runner, too, but Star Wars would deserve it.
2: Yes, (laughs) mind-blowing.
1: Yeah. Uh, Have you watched any other movies since last week? Um, no, I don't think I have. I've watched a couple, (laughs) if you'll humor me. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I watched The Disaster Artist, actually. Nice. That's finally, finally got around to it. I liked it. I enjoyed the movie. Um, I thought it was pretty funny. He, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I didn't love it. I didn't like fall head over heels for it. I felt like I actually felt a little bad for Tommy Wiseau by the end.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
1: Like I almost felt like a small part of of James Franco and company were just like exploiting him and making fun of him. Uh, but that was only a small part towards the end. Overall, I thought it was really funny, and uh, it made me want to re-watch The Room again.
2: Yeah, I've never, never actually watched The Room itself. I've seen clips of it on YouTube, like the best parts of it. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it was, uh, I don't know, not, much, not a whole lot to say. I kind of wish I, I would have seen it sooner before all the James Franco... Stuff came out that kind yeah. of put a damper on things, but
2: I would really make me feel bad about for Tommy it was I think it was Golden Globes. James Franco won, and he brought him up on stage, and he tried to talk and
1: yeah, like yeah. shoved
2: him away from the mic.
1: Yeah, like seems like James Franco is a real dickhole. Yeah, uh, so there's that. Uh, I I thought Dave Franco was great. Like, yeah, uh, I've always I, I'm
2: a fan of his. his. I thought he was really he's, uh, good in the uh, now you see me movies.
1: Yeah, I mean he's he uh, he actually elevates like bad material. Like I did not like those movies, but he probably was the best part. One of yeah. the best parts. Uh, he was one of the best parts in the neighbors movies, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the guy he's talented. I think he's probably better than his brother. But yeah.
2: Yeah, I'd give. Him uh, a, although I thought James Franco did a great job. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. Playing Tommy Wiseau. He
1: did. There's no doubt. I. Uh, that ex. That accent's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did not. I did not push. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Can't make me a part, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's good. It's good. Uh, seven, I still want to know how he seven, had all that yeah, fucking eight. money. Oh, the world will never know. I know it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, um wait a second. Did I talk about the post on here before? Um I feel like you did. I think I did too. I wrote it down again for some reason. Seven out of ten. It was okay. Yeah, I definitely talked about it. Alright. Um two uh two Netflix movies I watched, real quick. I don't know if, if you've seen nineteen twenty two. Nope. Uh that's a Stephen King adaptation. Uh, earlier in the year, they did Gerald's game last year, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, that was the one where, if you remember, the husband and wife go away. Uh, he ties her up for like to try to re-spark like re- re- the, the flames in the rom- romantic uh, relationship. He has like a heart attack, right? Yeah, he has a heart attack and dies, and she has to figure out a way to get out of it. That was pretty good. That was pretty good, but... This one I didn't enjoy quite as much. This is obviously based in the year 1922, but it's about (laughs) about like a family, a husband, wife, and they have a son. And the wife somehow comes across, like, I want to say, I can't remember why, but she comes into possession of all this land that she can sell (laughs) to make enough money to move to the big city. And uh, the husband is... Staunchly against this. He does not want to leave their farm. So much so that he convinces and the son doesn't want to go either. He convinces the son to help him murder his wife and slash his mom and throw her in the well and then the cops come to investigate and the house kinda gets haunted. And you know, typical Stephen King type stuff happens. Uh, I thought it was it was watchable, but i didn't i didn't think it was that great. Yeah. Thomas Jane plays the main guy he's pretty good there's like a really nasty scene where the dead body's been in the well and he's peeking in and a rat is like coming out of her mouth and it, yeah, pretty gross so that was pretty good but uh five and a half out of ten for me. Yeah. It's not bad. It could be worth the watch if you're into the horror stuff or if it sounded interesting. But not great either. Speaking of watchable but not great, uh, A Futile and Stupid Gesture also came out on uh, Netflix.
2: Dave was telling me about this is about the guy that started National Lampoon, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Directed by David Wayne, a guy whose movies I've liked a lot in the past. He did like the Wet Hot American Summer stuff and uh, role models. and He's done some pretty good stuff in the past. Uh, funny guy, usually. Absurd comedy. And this is like his take on the biopic of the guy who did nation- who created National Lampoon's uh, magazine and then went on to make Animal House and Caddyshack. So it was cool. Vacation. Yeah, but I don't think they got into that. I think that might have been just using the name. I don't know exactly. Because uh. Uh, I don't want to spoil history in the movie, but he, uh, he dies. (laughs) Way to go. Uh, I mean, it's real life, but, uh... Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Will Forte plays the guy. Can't even remember his name, for Christ's sakes, but, uh... Yeah, it goes through the whole story. It's kind of zany and out-there comedy. Yeah. Uh, has, like, um... Joel McHale playing the young version of Chevy Chase and Bill Murray, like all the old versions of these people. Um, I don't know. Like I said, it's really watchable, and I laughed from time to time. But um I don't know. I was a little disappointed because it wasn't as funny as I feel like a lot of David Wayne's stuff is. There's a weird choice to have a narrator, an old guy in the beginning, you think like I didn't know the history at all. So I'm yeah. thinking, okay, they actually used the actual guy uh, later in life to, to be a part of the movie and be a narrator. And, and no, it turns out he died at a fairly young age, and this was just like a hypothetical thing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's kind of the bizarre comedy that David Wayne can get into. But
2: I don't know. It's weird.
1: I think it's worth watching. But I just don't expect to expect it to knock your socks off. I gave it like a six or a six and a half out of ten. Okay, nice. And lastly, before we move on to MMA, just wanted to hit up a couple trailers were dropped today. Just wanted to mention them. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Did you see oh, this yeah. um, first trailer for, for the sequel to Ant-Man? Paul actually, Paul Rudd's uh, superhero flick. Looks like more of the same, which just added the Wasp. Uh, so, I enjoyed the first movie. Uh, I'm sure I'll enjoy this.
2: One. There were some other trailers, right?
1: Uh, the <laughs> other the other one of note, at least, that I picked up on was Mute. Uh, this is Duncan Jones' latest movie straight to Netflix. This seems to be a theme lately. Um, but Paul Rudd is actually plays a big part in this as well. It's a sci-fi movie about a guy who's mute and, you know, this crazy, like, he gets involved with a girl and it goes on some kind of like chase and or she drags him into without wanting to like her, the underbelly of whatever life she's living. Yeah. Pretty seems kind of typical sci-fi stuff, but I, other than Warcraft, which was a terrible movie he made last time out. I'm a big fan of Duncan Jones work source code and moon. One of my favorite movies of all time with Sam Rockwell. Um, and I love Paul Rudd, so I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, nice.
2: I watched the uh, Annihilation trailers.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm really excited for that movie.
2: Oh, yeah. It looks incredible.
1: Yeah, I was... Did you see Ex Machina, his first movie?
2: I did not. No, everybody just told me to see it.
1: You got to. It's it's incredible.
2: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just watching the Annihilation trailers, uh, since I've been playing a lot of Fortnite... Uh, like the graphic for the storm, yeah, reminds me of the graphic of the storm from that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Now that you said it, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. This is basically Fortnite the movie.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it looks super interesting, and uh, I can. It comes out next uh, month or yeah, next a few
1: month. weeks. So yeah. I'm definitely gonna ch- try to get out to theaters and watch it. Yeah, Just, definitely. Use that movie pass. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think I might have convinced my sister to sign up for MoviePass this past weekend.
2: Really?
1: nice. Doing my job here as a spokesperson.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Let's get the advertising dollars for them in.
1: That's right, baby. <laughs> All right, moving on to our bread and butter here. Uh, MMA, baby. No. <laughs> there was another event this past weekend. UFC on Fox 27. Lowest rated Fox card in the history of their partnership. I can see why. Yeah, we talked about it when we previewed last week. It was one of the weakest cards, at least in name value, anyway. Uh, in recent memory, or ever, I think it was easily the worst ever, yeah. in my opinion. But actually, uh, in practice, pretty good night of fights. Really? <laughs> so Yeah, I know you didn't see them all. But, uh, and it's tough no, sometimes. I actually,
2: I just, like totally forgot about it. It was pretty forgettable.
1: Yeah, and that shows right there why it did such a low rating. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, sometimes it's, it can be tough with these Fox cards because it starts a little earlier, and uh, I don't know. But I was just – I had this – <laughs> this is what I do on Saturday nights. I sit at home and I watch TV most of the time, so I was, <laughs> I was able to catch it all. Uh, but in the main event, Ronaldo, Jacare, Souza – Souza – defeated Derek Brunson via head kick and follow up punches.
2: Pretty similar to the first time around.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it took a little bit longer. Yeah. But uh what did you think? I know you, I know you caught this just like Derek Brunson caught a leg to the head. Yeah,
2: pretty severely. Um it's definitely not uh what you'd expect out of Ronaldo who's a win.
1: Um No, see I thought he was going to get a submission.
2: Yeah, I mean how can you not? He's one of the best jiu-jitsu players in MMA. Um definitely knocks Derek Brunson down further than he already was. Um
1: Yeah, I mean Brunson was looking since he lost to uh Silva. Uh, I feel like he had rebounded. Um shoot, what it wasn't just Machida, I think he won a couple fights.
2: Yeah, I'm pulling up
1: right now. I'm um, my internet.
2: Beat Dan Kelly.
1: Old, that's right. The old Australian. <laughs> that's right. Quickly, too. Yeah, um, uh, about a minute. Yeah, that's right. Um, and Jacare coming off of a loss uh, to Robert Whitaker, right? Yeah, he got yep, tk would yeah. by Robert Whitaker, and that was a tough loss for him. He said he talked about retirement, but, uh, I mean, he came back. He's getting older, but... Look good, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta I mean, say. It's,
2: it's just like he's so up and down. He's, he was a front runner at the top of the middleweight division for a while and then always loses the important fight at the important time.
1: I don't know about that.
2: Oh, well, I mean, just he was on that nice streak and then lost to Joel Romero.
1: He's only, close fight. Uh, he's only lost two fights in the UFC out of one, two, three, four, five, six, Yeah, but seven, I feel like eight, it's always had like, the...
2: the uh, uh,
1: yeah, uh, I, hear you, I hear you. I hear. Yeah, elimination well, fight. You know what I mean. Yeah, true. Uh, he lost a split decision to Yoel Romero, which I thought he won. Yeah. And then, yeah, he did get uh, soundly beaten by Robert Whitaker. So yeah, eight and two in the UFC. But I- I'm glad to see him rebound. I thought he he was such a badass in this fight. The way he just he did not rush into anything. He was like walking slow, like Michael Myers, just. Walking yeah, very walking slowly forward. Knocks him with the head kick, walks over to him. Don't even run and just yeah. hits him with some awesomely placed punches. I mean it could have been stopped a little early, but I think it was pretty much over.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know if there's I don't really see too much of an argument of uh Brunson coming back from that, especially no. with Suiza's ground game if you really yeah. want to, he could
1: <laughs> He could have hopped on his up. back or something and yeah. sunk in a choke you know yeah but uh i was super excited to see jockeray back in the win column really love the guy he's exciting to watch in my opinion uh especially when he can get a fight on the ground it's like swim with the shark see if yeah can survive. oh absolutely
2: or an alligator
1: you might say hell yeah you he might even say that <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know well, no,
2: it's big for him especially with how cloudy the middleweight division mm-hmm. is right now um we don't know what the stance with Robert Whittaker is if well, he's going to be able to return to fight anytime
1: soon. You saw he's back to training. He is already? Uh, yeah, he's back to training. He posted a picture saying, back to work. So, oh, hopefully, hopefully hopefully that means you know it's not as bad as we might have thought, or he's at least recovering. Yeah, that would be awesome. But, uh, in the meantime, I would, I think the fight to make, UFC is going to Brazil in May for UFC 224. Jacare versus Chris Weidman, like co-main event or third fight from the top, title eliminator.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, Weidman's going to be ready by then, but I would agree that that would be a great
1: fight. All right, maybe if you can't make it in Brazil, but I think that's the fight to make whenever uh, Weidman's thumb is his thumb, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, but I, I saw in an interview last, I guess it was last week, when he cornered John Volante, he showed uh, Ariel Helwani, it's like like a four-inch scar right below it's like in his wrist below his thumb and he like can hardly still move his thumb he said he can't grapple or punch or do anything
1: with it okay so Jacare Souza versus Kelvin Gastelum UFC 24 <laughs> in May. that would actually be good too but that would be a good fight um, but uh, Chris Weidman might as well change his name to uh, Cain Velasquez yeah right But Which
2: sucks because Chris Weidman is one of my favorites and uh, it would definitely be nice to see him healthy and not fall out the injury all the time mm-hmm. yeah i agree but, uh, but, is yeah. coming off a win
1: he is oh, he um he beats michael bisbee oh uh,
2: yeah
1: yeah yeah i almost forgot about that yeah uh but yeah uh oh, i think nasty. he lost to weidman but i mean he's right up there i think that would be a worthwhile fight to have no,
2: Victor needs another fight, I don't know if that would make sense, but mm, no. <laughs> they've already fought and he already beat him, don't
1: they? Yeah, soundly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just whatever his next fight is, it's nice to have Jacare back in action. And Yeah, uh, but I think he would definitely be on that Brazil
2: guard, that would make the most sense.
1: Yeah, I would think so. At Brunson, I don't know, man. Maybe Yeah. Uh, if he's fought Tiago San- if he hasn't fought Tiago Santos Yet, maybe give him, him. I mean, middleweight, there's plenty of people he can fight.
2: Yeah, it's a shame Anderson Silva's a doper.
1: Rematch. Yeah. (laughs) That was a terrible fight, though, the first time. It was. I feel like a
2: lot of Anderson Silva's later fights have been terrible.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not the Michael Bisbee one.
2: Well, it wasn't. I thought the way Anderson fought in his game plan was terrible
1: in that sense. Agree to disagree, he's a GOAT. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I'm not with two drug test failures.
1: That just makes him better. <laughs> co main event: Andre Feely defeated Dennis Bermudez. I called this upset. Split decision. Um, a lot of it was there was one thirty twenty seven for Bermudez. The other ones for twenty nine twenty eight for Feely. It was really close. Um, Bermuda A lot of people thought Bermudez should have won, but I actually agreed with the decision. I don't know if it's just because I picked him in my prospect fantasy league <laughs> or yeah, if I picked fair. him in my predictions and my fantasy fighting contest but uh I thought he did enough um to win two rounds Yeah um I don't know it's still insane to me that this was the main event I mean it was a fun fight to watch I enjoyed it but it should definitely be on undercard Andre yeah, Feely. He, he needed this win though it was the first time because the six fights before this, he had win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. So this is back-to-back wins for him for the first time in a while. So uh, good yeah. on him, I think. And Dennis Bermudez, Bermudez, how did I just say his name? Um, he, he's a solid, tough fighter, but he's been through a lot of wars. I think he's just kind of getting worn out here. He's not that old yet, but he's just been through a lot. He, um I see him as, like, a gatekeeper into the top 15, basically, right now. Yeah, it's.
2: Uh, I would agree, I think. Uh, I don't know if Andre feel is that much higher up on the scale no. than him, but he's not quite as old.
1: Right, he's only 26. He's still got some room to grow. Um, it was I interesting th- how easily he kept taking Bermudez down, which was surprising to me. But Yeah. Um, I think Dennis
2: Bermudez stick to chugging lemon juice.
1: <laughs> he did that?
2: Yeah, he just had a Guinness World Record for, like, drinking lemon juice, a gallon or, like, a pint of lemon juice, the fastest or a straw or something crazy like that.
1: Right. <laughs> nice. uh, things you do <laughs> as a fighter. <player, laughs> um, but uh, Bermudez was ranked 12th coming into this fight. Feely beat him, and Feely's still not ranked, and deservedly not, just because uh, Calvin Qatar who beat Shane Burgos last week, also beat Andre Feely in his last fight before that, and he's now the yeah, 15th. Artem
2: Lobov's not exactly a big win either.
1: No, no, not at all. He's probably <laughs> the, one of the worst fighters on the roster. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gregor Gillespie was very impressive in a TKO victory in round one over Jordan Rinaldi. This guy's a legit prospect. He's a little old to be like an up-and-coming prospect at 31, but... He doesn't have much time in the ring. He's 10-0 uh, and 0 now. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely one to watch. In lightweight. Nice. Drew Derber defeat Frank Kamach. This is insane that this right. is a main <sighs> fight card. I know I said that last week. And it was a fun fight. Don't get me wrong. It was a really fun fight. But just these names, man. What the hell are they doing? This is Big Fox. Yeah. Um, let's see. Not really much else of note. The fights were good. They were fun fights. But what do they ultimately mean as far as the grand scheme of things? Not much. Not really at all. So let's turn our attention forward then to this weekend. Uh, in Belém, Brazil, UFC Fight Night 125. Leota Machida back already <laughs> so soon after getting knocked out by Derek Brunson to fight Eric Anders, another kind of big-time prospect in the middleweight division, 9-0 uh, former football, college football player. He just came, he's 3 0 in the UFC, I want to say, coming off a decision victory over Marcus Perez. What do you think? Is this a suitable main event for a fight night card uh, in Brazil?
2: Um, I guess it's
1: because Leo DiMichiro is
2: such a notable name in Brazil. Um, I Like I said, I think it's probably way too quick to be coming back after getting knocked out. But
1: Yeah, I do agree with that. I actually think the card overall as a whole is pretty good. I think it's yeah. better I think it's better than uh the Fox card last week. And uh it's always seems like whenever they go to Brazil nowadays, even if it's like a low key card, because they're putting, you know, Brazilian fighters on it and they it seems like they don't have as many as they used to, that uh it's usually some pretty good fighters on, on these cards.
2: Yeah, definitely, and the fights usually turned out to be pretty good.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, what do you think, though, as far as the main event? Who do you got here? Is Machida just done? Is this going to be like, uh, is this one, like basically when Calvin Gastelum fought Vitor Belfort? Like, it's just like a big name to put on a prospect's resume, but really not that impressive when you consider where the fighter was at at the time. Yeah, uh,
2: I don't know. You know, I'm a Machida fan, but. It was like so exciting when Machida first dropped a middleweight and he looked so good and uh, had a pretty good fight against Weidman. But since then, not much of note. Um, I can't write Machida off. I don't know much about Anders. Um, I would I would like to see how Machida performs before writing him off, saying he's done.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, I'm looking I'm looking forward to and hoping for a good, exciting fight, um, especially out of Machida and his style, drawing people in.
1: Uh, I have to go with Eric Anders here. Just, I'm, I'm not completely, I think he's good. I'm not completely sold on him yet, but I just think he's he's really athletic. He's really strong and fast, and he hits hard. I think it's going to be fairly similar to the Derek Brunson fight, uh, unfortunately. But I did see a stat that was kind of crazy. Leonardo Machida started his career 15-0. and And since then, since uh, he lost the rematch to Shogun Hua, he's like 6-8 and eight or something like that.
2: Really? Holy crap.
1: Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. Well, I mean, granted, yeah. he's fought a lot of top guys in that time and beaten a lot of them too. But just, yeah. uh, you know, got figured out a little bit, I'd have to say.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um
1: I'll say, like, uh, Anderson
2: and Silva, I mean, it took Anderson and Silva five years to win another fight. But.
1: Right, yeah. And, yeah, he's older, so. Yeah. I'll say Eric Anders first round knockout.
2: Ooh, that's pretty, uh, that's a heavy prediction. I'm going to take heavy the cheater by decision. Or late, or late third round, or I guess fifth
1: round, yeah. You're such a Homer.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Homer, I don't know how, but, uh, I mean, uh, favoritism. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, co main event. Probably my most anticipated fight of the night. I'm looking forward to the main event, but this one is is the one I really want to see. John Dodson versus Pedro Munoz. Uh, Dodson coming off his decision loss to Marlon Moraes, but he's always right there. And I think he's lost two in a row, actually. John Lineker and Marlon Moraes, Two very close fights that he very easily could have got his hand raised in. Uh, you, uh, Eddie Wineland after Lineker. Oh, okay, well, fair enough. Two out of three, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, somehow I missed the Weinland fight. I didn't see it. That's why I didn't stick out in my mind. Yeah. Always an exciting fighter, though. Always puts on a good show. And Pedro Munoz, 15-2, and his only two losses are against, you know, some real legitimate fighters coming off a victory over Rob Font, who just had a great win over Thomas Almeida, if I'm not yeah, mistaken.
2: I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not sure if I've ever seen Munoz fight. Um, he, looking at his record here, he seems to really like the guillotine choke.
1: Yeah, he's kind of a submission guy, but he has some some good stand-up as well. He's all offense, not much defense, except whereas Thomas Almeida, we talked about how he was all offense, no de- no defense, and no chin. Munoz is pretty tough guy, can take a shot. So he usually kind of yeah. gets beat up early and then uh, finds a way to, to rebound and submit the guy.
2: Yeah, um, I mean – like you said, uh, John Dotson's always up there. He's such an active fighter. Um, he's for, i mean—he's given uh, DJ some of his best challenges, I feel like, and uh, he's always at the top, like we said. And um, I would expect to see a really good performance out of him, and if this guy is Pedro, no defense, like you said, I would expect that to maybe get him in some trouble in this fight.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say John Dotson third round knockout.
2: Yeah, I'll probably go with Decision just for the lack of knockout power at this weight class, but
1: yeah, yeah, I think it'll be a good fight though. Either way,
2: absolutely, I'm sure it will be probably really exciting.
1: Um, real quick, breaking news, uh, NFL news: Alex Smith was just traded from the Chiefs to the Redskins. Oh well, and signed an extension with the Redskins. Yeah. So I guess Kirk Blake Griffin got traded yesterday. Oh, yeah, to the Pistons. Blake Griffin, one of the most overrated, overhyped players of recent memory, in my opinion. Excit- yeah. Exciting guy to watch. Talented guy. Good good player. But a max contract for a guy that, that his best attribute is he can win a slam dunk contest. I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, but anyway, Kirk Cousins. I guess the Redskins are going to trade him finally. Oh, really? They have to if they're just paying uh, Alex Smith. $70 million guaranteed. Holy shit. Yeah. That- Real digression there, but let's get back to the fights. Yeah. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko making her uh, flyweight debut, women's flyweight debut. Uh, i surprised they didn't just give her the title shot right away, but I suppose... uh um, 125, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Montana, or Montano, the champion, I think she got hurt during that fight against uh, Raquel... Not Raquel Pennington. Uh, Roxanne Modafari... So maybe they just wanted to give Shevchenko a showcase fight here to kind of, you know, introduce her to the weight class. Uh, she's fighting yeah. Priscilla Kacharya, who is eight and zero. I don't, I've never heard of her before, but she's undefeated. I still don't think she'll be any match for Shevchenko, who could easily be the champion at bantamweight, let alone, you know, flyweight.
2: Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, she's very impressive. I actually like her a good bit. Um, I feel like she's just got a good personality in the way she uh, handles the press and stuff. And the way she handled the, uh, what's your McCallum fight? What's her goddamn name?
1: Amanda Nunes?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, is Priscilla near the UFC, I would have Yeah,
1: I, I think so. I think so. Um, I would
2: I would expect Chip Jenker to to uh, handily win this fight.
1: Yeah, I'll say second round submission.
2: Yeah, I would say somewhere in the second or third round of submission, or TKO.
1: Yeah. Um, Two that we can quickly go past here on the main card, Desmond Green versus Michelle Prezaris. I mean, I think it'll be a good, entertaining fight. Just don't really have a lot of experience with these guys. Um, I know enough to know it should be entertaining, and they're both pretty solid fighters, but I don't have a lot to say.
2: Yeah, it doesn't hold a lot of weight at the lightweight division
1: right now. Yeah. Uh, Heavyweight uh, Marcelo Gohm, I think, is making his UFC debut. He's a decent little prospect, heavy hitter, against Timothy Johnson. Uh, I'll predict Gome by first-round knockout, but it's only because, I mean, I've never seen him fight. Just Timothy Johnson is kind of a workman-like heavyweight, solid at everything, but not great at anything.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to oppose you and
1: say Timothy Johnson, <laughs> first-round knockout. You love doing that. Um, yep. Come on, computer. What's the first fight on this main card? Uh, Tiago uh, Santos, Santos. Santos against Anthony Smith, yes. This is a good fight. These guys are pretty good Middleweight, middleweights. Um, I think this will be a banger. I'm going to say oh, Santos yeah. by first-round knockout. Yeah, I'm going
2: to... I'm going to say Santos by first round head kick knockout.
1: Specific. Okay, then I'll say uh, flying knee followed up by Superman into a rear naked (laughs) choke, scramble, escape, knee on the escape, out cold.
2: Should call Vegas and bet on
1: that. (laughs) What's the (laughs) odds? We also have Tim Means versus Sergio Marias on here. My computer is sucking right now.
2: <laughs> to me, uh, like to me. He's a solid fighter.
1: Yeah. Do you have it pulled up? Yeah. What else is uh, on here?
2: Uh, Alan Patrick versus dumier Hodsevic. Oh uh, yes. Don't really know much about either of those. I don't <laughs> well, know if you Alan
1: Patrick's Patrick's pretty decent prospect. Pretty solid young fighter. Should take care of business. Uh,
2: Marlon Vera versus Yeah, uh, Marlon Vera versus Douglas Silva DeAndre.
1: That's a good fight. Um, Marlon Vera coming off the loss to John Lineker. He's a scrappy little fighter. The other guy's pretty talented as well. I'll say Marlon Vera finds a way to get it done.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, This is actually a pretty good fight. Yuri Alcantara versus Joe Soto.
1: Yeah, that is a good fight for that low on the card. Both uh, pretty well-rounded fighters with good jiu-jitsu and... um, Yuri Alcantara, man, he's a story of a lot of wasted potential. In yeah. my mind, I thought he was really had a chance to be something pretty good, uh, but he just finds ways to lose. Like he got choked out by Brian Kelleher, then I think he got choked out by someone else right after that in a fight he was winning up to that point, or maybe it was the vice versa when he was uh, getting beat up by Luke Sanders and then he found a way to submit him. But
2: yeah, bore yeah.
1: I'm going to uh, regret this decision and say Alcantra wins by submission, even though I just gave every reason why I should pick against
2: him. I'm going to root against you and say like Joe Soto by submission.
1: Joe Soto, he's a pretty solid fighter. I mean, yeah, i, I they
2: stay, stay in the limelight against TJ.
1: <laughs> yeah, crazy title shot there. Yeah. <laughs> Coming off the calf slicer loss uh, to... Um, that's the uh, English guy <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brett Johns yeah Brett Johns he's yeah. a pretty good fighter uh, but yeah it's a good little fight night I'm going to try to gonna try to try watch it all this Saturday night yeah.
2: nice nice me too
1: before we move on to video game 20 questions we got some news got some other stuff to talk about in the MMA world some big news coming out of uh, <laughs> Las Vegas I guess um Stipe Miocic going to defend his heavyweight championship against Daniel Cormier. It's going to happen at uh UFC 220, crazy. UFC 226 after they coach against each other in the new season of The Ultimate Fighter. You know, <laughs>
2: yeah, this is the July 4th card.
1: Yeah, which is becoming like their Super Bowl every year. Uh crazy. We just did our top 5 most anticipated fights. 2018 and i don't think did did you have this on your list i know i didn't have it on mine no i had
2: john jones against steve
1: but even though like the only reason i didn't have it on there is because i just didn't think it was going to happen dc yeah i mean
2: dana Cormier literally just said he's going to leave the heavyweight division (laughs) to King velasquez
1: yeah but apparently King gave him his blessing and my god i did not realize how much i wanted this fight until it was announced yeah
2: it's uh I don't know, I guess it'll make me watch The Ultimate Fighter, which is like a good, uh, probably be a good season, it's all undefeated fighters, um, I think Bantamweight, right?
1: Bantleweight, I think it's two different weight classes, can't remember which ones. Yeah, but all the fighters are undefeated. Yeah, yeah uh, that's true.
2: However, I'm pretty sure, like I watched all the embeds leading up to 220, and it was like, DC and Stipe were like pals. Oh yeah, they're
1: buddy-buddy. Like buddy-buddy. Yeah
2: which I don't know if that's going to translate well to good TV for coach against coach, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think they both have pretty good personalities, though. I think they'll at least make it fun. Um, but yeah, I, I'll do my typical watch the first couple episodes fall off and then watch the last couple.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too, probably. Um, it's already started filming, I believe, which...
1: Yeah, started today, I think. Yeah. Um...
2: Yeah, like you said, I, I couldn't believe how much I would want this fight. I mean, Daniel Cormier is undefeated at heavyweight. He's fought some heavy hitters, some big guys, and beaten them all.
1: Yeah, um, are you No, I don't know if
2: that translates to him beating Stipe. I mean, what does Stipe normally weigh in?
1: Do you know? 2.45-ish?
2: Yeah, so Daniel's probably, I'm assuming he's probably going to let his weight go. He's probably been waiting for be able to do I this. I heard
1: him on MMA Hour say he wants to be around 235 yeah. For this, um, I mean, yeah, you won strike force heavyweight Grand Prix. He beat Josh Barnett. He beat Bigfoot Silva. I mean, he's beat some big Frank boys. Muir. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I might be picking Cormier in this fight.
2: Although uh, that's what I've been thinking too. I think I'm gonna. I think I would definitely pick Cormier. Well, a, well, it's not gonna be a route.
1: I think. No.
2: It's I, th- I be mean, Stevie was a division one wrestler, but I just think. Daniel Cormier's wrestling is in such um, a different level than everybody else.
1: And he can take such a shot, and he doesn't get tired. Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
2: But uh, Stipe is very tall, very big.
1: Um, Hard hitter, yep.
2: Yeah, so it's, I mean, Gustafson gave Cormier some trouble. And I True. feel like True. Stipe is just a heavier hitter. Not quite as mobile.
1: But, yeah. Uh, no, that's a good call right there. I think it's a coin flip. I could see it going either way. I'm surprised that uh, it's not even money as far as odds. I think A is like a, the favorite, like a minus 185 or something like that. I could be wrong on that. but Really? Um, but yeah, I think even maybe even more interesting than just this fight alone is that the rumors that they're trying to make UFC 226 even more locked and loaded with three champion versus championship fights on the same card with uh, Cyborg versus Nunez and TJ versus DJ on the same event. Now that's insane. Yeah. What do you, what no, do you I, feel about I that? Do you think that's – Would you obviously we'd be excited and we'd watch it because it's amazing, but is that too much on one night? Or?
2: Well, I don't know if it's too much, and I've heard rumors. I don't know how true they are. Of course, they're just internet rumors that they could charge like $100 for this card, which I wouldn't like. But I would, I would that. also feel like if they do – I mean they have had fights – with three championship fights on them, but they haven't been three versus champion fights. I feel like it would just leave the cards uh, after that depleted and not much options, especially in a year where there's not a whole lot to predict for them to schedule after that, you know what I mean?
1: Well, I don't know. See, I'm kind of of two minds here because five of these six divisions... Other than Bannonweight, like who's it doesn't even matter, really. I mean who's yeah. who's next in, we've talked about it a little bit before, but I mean who's really next in line in heavyweight? Who's next in line it's all rematches and people that, you know, don't aren't haven't really firmly entrenched their contendership. This would actually give, you know, some more time for the divisions to develop and form a real top contender for afterwards. Yeah, well,
2: I agree with that, but I feel like the way the UFC's gone lately with WME, it would be like, depending on how these fights turn out and how much damage is taken on either side, it would just end up in a lot more interim titles and bullshit like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, they clearly are pretty ha- they I mean, they keep doing this where they load up a card or two, have success, and then they'll be depleted and have to put on a shitty card or two. while And not to up. mention,
2: if but there's it, three champion versus champion fights, you're going to have three champions lose, and then what, they have to go back to their division coming off a loss yeah. as the champion.
1: Yep. So, Or I what if, uh, a- yeah, because also what if all three, you know, fighters that are actually fighting for their belt... What if they're the ones that lose, and then you have three people with two belts at the same time?
2: <laughs> yeah, that would be fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I, while it's great and locked, like it sounds awesome, like you said, we'd be excited for it and watch it. I don't know how much of a mess it's going to leave behind.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but clearly they're willing to take that risk because they keep doing it. I mean, it must be working out for them. I don't know. Look, I'm going to just take the good, you know, And deal with the bad later. Yeah,
2: we'll worry about that.
1: As a fan, you know, as a fan, and I I just, these are fights that I would love to see, so I'm not going to argue against them, you know.
2: No, yeah, I agree. But I just don't know what the aftermath is going to be like. Yeah.
1: And also, Cain Velasquez wants to be on UFC 26, the same card in his return fight. I'd love to see that Verdum rematch finally happen. Yeah, I agree. So. All right, let's move on to Nasty Nate I don't know if that's his nickname. Sorry, Nate. Actually um, real
2: quick i will just mentioned, Steve got six hundred thousand dollars for his win over Francis in D. C. and DC only got five hundred thousand reading Vulcan. So Apparently, <laughs>
1: apparently
2: Stepe did a pretty good job of negotiating.
1: Yeah, not bad. It'd be interesting. I bet you they both get like a clean one hundred or not one 000, 000. million dollars. Millions. Yeah. No yeah, pretty sweet. <laughs> Plus pay
2: per view points, I bet. Yeah, I'm sure I'm I guess they both do get pay per view points. That's why they, neither of them got win bonuses. I'm sure that's why they get
1: Yeah. Pay-per-view. Exactly. Uh Nate has <laughs> announced on Instagram that he's bored. <laughs> These mother efforts are ancient. Holy shit. I'm sorry. Go on, do we have breaking? I was news. just
2: gonna say Francis also got a
1: half a million dollars. Oh damn! Good for him. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nate Diaz on Instagram says he's he's bored. He's coming back May or June. He wants to fight, and he didn't say who or anything like that. Um, what do you think? Yeah, he
2: said I'll be waiting for you. the real champ.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I would obviously love to see Nate back in action. Do you think he's this is like a a play at a Conor fight since Tony and Khabib are tied up. With that. I would
2: love to see that, and like I said, I think that's like, there has to be something to the reason why they don't strip Conor McGregor right away, and they're saying that's a fight between Tony and Khabib is for the real belt. There's got to be something to that, and what it is, I don't know. Right. Um, I don't understand how they can have two undisputed lightweight belts, so... And just, the timing's real funny with Nate coming out and saying that, because Nate does not do shit like that, just out of, out of nowhere. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I... I mean, if they make Diaz-McGregor 3, strip him of the belt, and put it on in May or June, uh, I'm there for it. But I'd rather see Nate Diaz versus Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, I would agree.
2: Um, of course, I mean, I feel like the McGregor-Diaz fight has to happen. I don't know if it is
1: it doesn't this soon. Next, so I think,
2: though. Uh, I think the Eddie Alvarez fight would definitely be the next best thing.
1: Yeah, and Kevin Lee was another name interested i. I don't know if I want to see that fight. Not, because, I mean, I like both guys there. I think they're both really talented. I just think Kevin Lee is going to wrestle him. He's going to do that Play thing that guns. people do to, to to Nate Diaz to nullify him, just take him down and lay on him. Yeah, I'd, it just wouldn't be as entertaining, you know. Alvarez is just going to bite down on a mouthpiece and wing punches. Oh yeah, so. it's
2: or even like uh, Justin Gaethje would be awesome. Did no. Who won that last fight?
1: Uh, Eddie Alvarez knocked him out in the third round. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was, I forgot. And Gaethje's already so booked. Would, so what's that? Gaethje's already booked against Dustin Poirier. Oh yeah, yeah, forgot. Which about will be that. incredible.
2: But yeah, I think Alvarez Diaz fight is like perfect. Um, East Coast West Coast, uh, both trash talkers, with smart asses. Um, yeah. And I like you said, they'd be just swinging, and I would love to see. If Eddie Alvarez can stand up to Diaz's uh, boxing combinations and if Diaz, of course, he has a great chin if he can stand up to uh, Eddie Alvarez's strikes.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm distracted. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, anything else? Shall we move on to some WWE? <laughs>
2: Oh boy, WWE.
1: Royal Rumble. There, We were waiting for it, or I wasn't watching, so not really, but... I actually I
2: tuned into the WWE Royal Rumble for about 15 or 20 minutes. Um, first WWE card I've tuned into in probably 15 years, I'd say. <laughs> um, but it was all for one reason, and I feel like anybody in the MMA community knows why that reason is. Uh, they've been teasing the ronda rousey introduction of course she's already been at wrestlemania once but
1: um, yeah i
2: know they've been teasing this ronda rousey uh wwe career for quite a while and i thought the winner of the royal uh, royal rumble gets an immediate shot at wrestlemania so i thought the storyline was going to play out ronda rousey one of the last people into the ring surprise wins and gets wrestlemania i thought that might be how it was however that's not how it turned out it was a bunch of wrestlers I have no idea who they are and it was absolutely <laughs> terrible
1: uh, I saw I only saw like the clip of Ronda's appearance but wasn't Ric Flair's daughter one of the people I don't know <laughs> woo but, um, uh some like
2: pink and blue haired girl one I've never heard of
1: interesting uh, all, I, all I know is Ronda Rousey is so bad at this I didn't even know she was
2: there yeah, I don't. She was, know. was she actually there? Obviously. Oh,
1: I didn't know. Rhonda Rousey was there. Yeah, she's in the ring shaking hands and. Oh, she was. Yeah, you didn't see it.
2: No, I didn't even see that. I was like playing Fortnite and like had this on my tablet and just like glanced at it <laughs> I every now that? and then. see that?
1: I was like thinking, "What? Did you think it was a hologram?" Like, <laughs> no, I, I just, I, I just thought she wasn't there at all. <laughs> Yeah, she was there, and it was so bad. She's she is going to be awful at this. She's what? So what happened? She just came down the ramp, walked into the ring. There was the 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 winner of the Royal Rumble who was you know got to pick which champion she was going to fight for the belt. And before she could do it, Ronda comes in. <laughs> She's wearing Roddy Roddy Piper's leather leather jacket. She walks in. She's like smiling. And she just points up, like the most awkward (laughs) over-the-top point to the WrestleMania sign up on the thing. Never says a word. Goes to shake the person's hand that won the Royal Rumble. The person doesn't shake her hand, and she just points back up to the the WrestleMania sign. Keeps pointing, (laughs) and then uh, walks over to Stephanie McMahon. They shake hands. She points to the sign she leaves what Feels was so bad that's crazy. I didn't even know that happened
2: Yeah. And I feel like an idiot
1: yeah you gotta look up the clip It's. Uh, yeah I will
2: but uh, yeah I mean it's pretty predictable um, and like you said she's probably gonna be awful at it she, I feel like she's well I've never seen her in a movie I feel like she's a terrible actor and therefore probably terrible as a WWE yeah. character
1: yep. and um, what's she gonna do first time they script in that she has to lose you know quit yeah. <laughs> she doesn't take she, it off, see, She'll though.
2: probably never get scripted that she lose. She'll like respectfully leave or something stupid shit like that. Yeah,
1: well obviously she's gonna win at least for the next year straight, you know, whenever she's in there. Yeah. They're gonna build her up as they're gonna try to make <laughs> her into some badass I don't know.
2: Well I did see at rest, or at Royal Rumble Brock Lesnar.
1: God he looked fat as shit these days. <laughs> Did you see that? I saw a ten-second clip of his fight where the guy accidentally like kneed him for real in the head.
2: Oh my god, it looked pretty brutal, and he started throwing punches.
1: Yeah, he came up through an uppercut and overhand, connected hard. Yeah. And then he stu- you see him like talking to him, like he obviously was not happy with what happened. Yeah, I thought that. I was like, man, that was a pretty brutal knee. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was pretty crazy. Wouldn't that be
2: funny shit if he just got knocked out right? With that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know
1: how
2: he is. He uh, he doesn't like getting, getting
1: hit. So. No, he does not. <laughs> but yeah, that's all. But
2: I yeah, think. I mean, Ron Rousey's obviously gonna probably going to main event at WrestleMania or one of the last and Is that girl Japanese or something? Uh, I don't know. I feel like she's like Japanese or something. But I feel like she probably fight her or whatever or somebody and win. And
1: I heard a rumor. Heard. I heard a rumor that it was going to be a tag team match with Ronda and The Rock versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon.
2: Did they already do that?
1: No, Ronda hasn't fought in the. She like helped The Rock or somebody
2: once she gained wrestling.
1: Maybe, maybe that's why I hear heard that getting set up. But
2: yeah, like the first time she was at WrestleMania, she like flipped Triple H or something.
1: I don't want to talk wrestling anymore. You want to move on yeah. to video games? Yeah, it's not uh, worth the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no video games. No offense to anyone who likes wrestling, I can see the parallels to MMA. So. No, I used
2: to be a die-hard wrestling fan. I just feel like it's played out pretty badly these days.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I've tried to watch like SmackDown a couple times on TV and wasn't doing it for me. But yeah,
2: I mean, yeah. I'm a die-hard Hardy Boys fan, and they surprised them at WrestleMania. I was like totally fan out. But
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh... all right, video games. <sighs> There were two, two big releases last week or this week, I can't remember. Um, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, the fighting game, just to mention, got pretty good reviews. And Monster Hunter Worlds also got pretty good reviews. Neither one are games that I'm interested in, but I'm, I'd watch a Twitch stream or something, check them out.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I know both Dave and Joel were huge Dragon Ball Z fans back in the day. Um, I'm sure they'd probably be interested it. into it. I'm, I'm assuming it's probably like a Street Fighter-esque fighting game.
1: Yeah, I think so. Really cool art style. Looks great. Um, seen like a trailer or two, but I don't know. I, yeah, I would play. Uh, I would dabble with it, but I'm I, not a game I'm picking up, that's for sure. Yeah,
2: real quick, uh, Fortnite. I actually got a couple things to say about it. I've been playing it. Sure non-stop basically uh, I think it was about two days they've had incredible troubles with their servers um, of course the PS network has been down uh, I don't know if you noticed that I've
1: early been PS playing. network was
2: down for like a day or two a couple days ago
1: I'm all, like switch, all Switch and all Herston right now so.
2: yeah. yeah well the PS network was down but then also Fortnite was having troubles with their servers where you couldn't join your friends in any party you could only put by yourself and that was like a whole day that was terrible. Um but they got it back up and running. Uh and they're pretty good about keeping everybody up, up to date with the status of the servers and stuff. But uh, but also yesterday they released a limited time new game mode. Uh I think it runs to like February 3rd or so. It's basically snipers only. Oh wow uh, it's called That's sniper shootout.
1: That's pretty
2: cool. Yeah it's it's teams. It's, I don't think you can't play it by yourself, it's just teams. So it's it's basically like the squad game, but it's only snipers and revolvers is
1: and it a battle royale is, or just open yeah it it's battle royale yeah okay. Does but everyone it is start incredibly with one? fun
2: um it's like and like you I, st- I know you've played it and when you get to the end of the match everybody's got rockets and stuff and it's so chaotic this is different and like it's like i said it's only snipers and revolvers so there's a lot more real cool fort building and uh strategy to draw people out at the end of the game to actually win it's really fun i would check it out because it only runs till like i said the second or third of february
1: okay maybe if i have time i'll hop on there yeah uh you know my busy schedule and all so. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's get into the 20 questions uh video game version uh again i don't want it to sound like i came up with this on my own so shout out to game scoop uh that's where i stole this idea from We're each going to do one. If uh, you didn't hear us do this ever on the Red Box report, we're each going to. We each have a video game in mind, a video game in this case, could be a movie, TV show, whatever, uh, that the other person will have to ask 20, up to 20 yes or no questions to try to figure out the answer. It's actually hard, very hard. Yeah, especially when. For us. Maybe we're just stupid, (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> we have a yeah, hard he, time.
2: Yeah. I don't think I've ever come close.
1: I think the the movie one was even harder because there's so many movies. Yeah, that's true. But uh So uh you want to go
2: first or you want me to go first?
1: What do you mean by go first? Guess or y- guess Uh sure, I'll go first. Alright. Okay. Um you can keep track of the number of questions? Yeah, yeah. Okay. My first question is Is this a game that came out before the year 2000? Yes. Is this a game that came out before 1990? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> Shouldn't you have this in front of you?
2: <laughs> I probably should have. Look it up. I'm going to assume yes.
1: Look it up. <laughs> I assume. Yes it is. Okay. Alright, so an old ass game. Okay. Is this an Atari game? No. Is it regular Nintendo? Yes. Okay. Narrowed it down to a system. Very quickly. (laughs) Is this a game that grandma owned at some point? Of course. Okay. Is this a puzzle game? This is not. Okay, no. it's not a puzzle game. Um, is this a game that you play with a peripheral? <laughs> yeah. Okay, is this Duck Hunt? God damn it. <laughs> that was the best of all time. Yes, eight questions, and I got it. God damn it. I was between... so I was going
2: to go with the excited bike, but I didn't know if
1: you get that. <laughs> Eventually, I would have. Uh, I was either gonna go with uh, the hunt with the gun thing or the Olympic thing. Olympic Olympic the game mat. with the mat. Yeah. yeah,
2: I think that was Super Nintendo, wasn't it?
1: No, that was regular Nintendo. It could have been there. both. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the yeah. All right, you're up, bud. Oh man, God, now I feel defeated.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, is this a game that came out after 2008?
1: No. Um. <laughs> You're so bad at this. Just a game
2: it. that was on PlayStation 2.
1: <laughs> no. You should work your way towards specific questions. In my opinion. I'm only the guy that got it right in eight questions.
2: So. Uh, yes, whatever.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um.
1: Because what What do you know about this game so far? Is, it came out before 2008, and it, it wasn't was for PlayStation, PlayStation 2. 2.
2: Which I feel like narrows it down pretty well.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Wait, did I say before or after 2008?
1: You said after, and I said no. So. Okay. Uh,
2: uh, is this a shooting game? No. Okay. Uh, this is hard. Um, is this a game that came out after 2000?
1: No. Tricky. So um, it came out before the year 2000. And it's not for PlayStation 2, and it's not a shooter.
2: God, there's so many video games. Not
1: I've played definitely. this video game. You've definitely played this video game. That's the question. Yes. Five. Yeah. Five questions. Um,
2: is this game for Nintendo 64? No. <sighs> is this for a Nintendo console? No. Tricky, real tricky. God. I'm young, you remember this, right? Yep, dude.
1: Is this a co op game? Um, I do not believe so, no order, not in a typical sense, anyway.
2: Not in a typical sense. What does that mean?
1: Well, I guess it could help you. I don't know. <sighs> so, it's not for an Nintendo system. It came out before the year 2000. It's not a shooter. And you've played it before. Is this...
2: Uh, is this for PlayStation 1?
1: Nope. What? Nope.
2: I don't know if there's any other systems that existed before 2000 that are not so <laughs> Nintendo.
1: Okay. Think about it, but hey. <laughs> is this a PC game? Yes, there you go. PC yeah. game. Very Is this politically a simulation bad. game? Yes.
2: Is this roller coaster tycoon?
1: It is. It is roller oh. coaster tycoon. <laughs> God, I'm incredible. Twelve, I win. I got it in eight. Yeah. <laughs> at least you got it. I was yeah. I'm surprised. Me too. Alright. Well then let's uh get on out of here, but first let's debate what's next.
2: I say Ladybird, I wanna watch it.
1: Alright, let's do Ladybird. Um wanna do hold on. Let me just let's 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 see what else. Maybe we could do two movies if uh, yeah. I can't come up with something else. I'm just looking at see what's coming out on Netflix. Um,
2: you can do the this. first episode of Big Brother.
1: Well, that won't be... Oh, that's the next one. Sarah. Yeah, we'll have to do that the week after, I think. Let's see. Um, we have Altered Carbon. is a new sci-fi drama series premiering on Netflix this Friday. We could, like, we won't have to watch the whole thing, but maybe watch an episode or two, or as much yeah. as we want. Or maybe let's leave that as, uh, you know, if we have time. What do you think? All right.
2: um, not huge in the sci-fi myself.
1: Really? Well, I'll at least check it out. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Just an idea. Just trying um, to think of... Uh, something from another category. We're going to have a review of UFC Fight Night 125 and a preview of UFC 221. We'll do Lady Bird and do you want to try to do one more? Just uh, if if you can make it happen.
2: We'll do either like Florida Project or Shape of Water.
1: I think Florida Project would go better with Lady Bird. It
2: by itself?
1: I think we could do both.
2: Oh, okay. I thought you were saying it was an
1: episode. Oh, either way, but yeah, I mean, I they, could do that. They could kind of go well together, and uh, I'll try. Right. I'll try to watch at least an episode of Altered Carbon.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe check out uh, Counterpart if you get a chance, and I'll. Uh, oh
1: yeah.
2: yeah, I'll catch up on American Horror Story. I mean, yeah. not American Crime Story.
1: Yeah, I'll try to try to check out Counterpart. You know, do my best. We'll definitely hit up yeah. Lady Bird of Florida Project and the other ones are possibilities on what could possibly happen. Possible, possible. I could keep saying that word, right? <laughs> All right. So, uh,
2: a computer program right now. Oh, well, I,
1: mean, I think I'm, that is a sign that it's time to go. <laughs> uh, so, catch us on first of all i should have definitely said this up front uh you know tell your friends subscribe rate and review us on itunes uh you know since our name has changed it's probably a little bit harder to find harder for people to spell so uh yeah follow us follow me on twitter at phelan to tweet p-h-e-l-a-n to tweet um uh, i'm on
2: twitter at brooks phelan.
1: The podcast is on Twitter at Fallon2Podcast. And um, yeah, like us on Facebook. And again, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next week when we talk about Ladybird and the Florida Project. Bye bye. Have a good one.